0: Hi guys, we're going to be talking about The Shining, the film, and The Shining, the book today. So if you haven't watched either of those and you don't want spoilers, then probably give this one a miss, or read it or watch it over spooky season, and then use this as a bit of a book club episode.
1: Yeah, I want to start doing like this a bit more often, where we just, not like literature books always, uh, not that The Shining literature, or is it? That's something I'm going to be discussing today.
0: In the episode, yeah, but um, will do now. I
1: don't think I'm not going to be like trying to push fiction books. I do want to like be like, hey, if we, here's some notice, like here's two weeks notice, I'm going to read, we're going to read a book, you read it, and then we'll all discuss it.
0: I like it. Let's do it.
1: Yeah. Anyway.
0: Uh, Ralph, what is the minimum amount of money someone would have to pay you in order for you to stay in a haunted hotel overnight?
1: Like a fiver. Really? I've always wanted to, I've told you this before, but I've always wanted to meet a ghost.
0: Ah, Okay. Mine would be like a thousand. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I
1: don't know why I'm <laughs> undercutting myself. Maybe I'll start at a hundred thousand, and then when they're like, no, then I'll start going down.
0: Oh, I see, you played a long yeah. game, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. it. <laughs> Just cut them, undercut them the whole way.
1: Rather than being like, no, no, give me a fiver and we're good, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred thousand, but if they want to take me down to a fiver, then...
0: Then that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I will take it. So. How haunted is Haunted. I mean that's the thing I think I would like stay overnight somewhere but then I don't really believe in ghosts like we said on the last Halloween episode that I don't like. I would love to believe but I don't really believe
1: if it's like The Shining where they're like oh yeah like three people have killed their family in here and like lots of people have been shot in the head and there's like loads of people saying they've seen like old naked women (laughs) um, then I'd be like maybe a tenner but if it's just like (laughs) if it's like the haunting in the real world where ghosts don't really exist of, I still kind of believe in them, but you know what I mean. Like where there's no, yeah, like
0: bad shit happened in this place. Like
1: yeah, but no one like is the kind of haunting that people go on about now, yeah. and it's not like the shining level of ridiculous haunting. Yeah. Then yeah, no, like a fiver. Also, like someone <laughs> would be paying me to stay in a hotel. Like if it's a working hotel, I'd be like, oh, cool.
0: I- I'm guessing like a deserted haunted hotel, as in like it's been abandoned.
1: See, that freaks me out because I'd be like, there's so many rooms and there's probably homeless people or like teenagers. <laughs> yeah, there's real
0: world yeah, like things like, that could go wrong. You
1: know, back at, oh, I don't, why am I being so classist? <laughs> like, oh yeah, all those people with mental health problems. eh?
0: Or just rats.
1: Yeah, or rats or bats or like shit like that.
0: Or like rickety floors that you could fall yeah. into the dungeon in.
1: All of that stuff is probably what would scare me more than the
0: ghosts. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's why I would say a thousand. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't leave the lobby no. area. I'd just be like, this is where I'm staying. Like, I'll put my little campfire up in the corner. Yeah. And that would be me.
1: <laughs> I don't know if a campfire is like the smartest thing no, in a haunted hotel. No, I'd probably burn it out. <laughs> just like I meant the...
0: campsite, like my little, uh uh what are they called? sleeping bag. That's yeah, what I was going to say. Not a, not a campfire. Well, that as... would be ridiculous.
1: <laughs> is it really a spending time in a haunted hotel if it doesn't end up burning at the end?
0: That's true. Because... You've... you've... There is, always seems to be, an element of arson in Apart from The
1: Shining, the movie.
0: Yes, well, we should get into it. Hello and welcome back to Journey is a Strange. I'm Kaz... And I am well. And today we are talking about The Shining, because it's a Halloween special!
1: So, okay, so to open up with, I've thought a lot about Jack Torrance and the man he is, and I really, you know, the book really gets inside his head, and the movie version doesn't so much, but i really, like, watched the movie and I watched it closely this time. I think I've got a good idea of what would be going on in in his head during the movie. Yeah. Can I do it for you? Yeah. Okay, okay, Yes. I really got into this character, okay? It's deep. Okay. Okay. Ready? Family. <laughs> what is it good for? Absolutely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Family. Cool. <laughs> and so on. That's what's going on in his head or movie. Okay, that's my I'm done.
0: Agreed. We should definitely section this out into the book, which we should probably do first. Yep. And then the film. Yep. And then potentially the Simpsons episode that you made me watch before we started this episode. Always.
1: Oh, so before we started, I wanted to ask you how much of the shining was in your general peripheral knowledge before you read it or watched it.
0: Not much at all like i
1: I find that so bizarre.
0: I knew it was a scary film. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a book, and I didn't know it was written by Stephen King.
1: so I find that so weird because I think it is just from that Simpsons episode <laughs> that like even I don't know why, like even before I ever had like any inclination to read The Shining or watch the film. I just knew it. Like, it's just so, like...
0: Maybe it's have you always liked Stephen King, though? No.
1: Like, even before I knew who Stephen King was. Oh. Like, I just knew The Shining. and knew of it. Because it's just so omnipresent in culture when we were growing up. Like, if anyone's, like, gone insane, they're, like, use it as a verb. Like, oh, you're pulling a Jack Torrance, or...
0: See, I didn't know of any of this. This is all completely new to me. If anyone's
1: going to a hotel, it's like, oh, you know, I hope The Shining doesn't happen. Or that Friends (laughs) episode where Joey's, like oh yeah, put it in a fridge. Because he's like reading it and then it scares him and he puts it in a fridge.
0: Oh. Haven't watched Friends.
1: Yeah, and it's really annoying though because they clearly never read the book because the way the... But it's weird. The Friends episode, it has like... They reference the twins, which is in the movie, but not the book. Yes. But then they also know the boiler blows up at the end.
0: Oh, which is in the book and not the film. Yeah, so you're like, have you
1: read the book and just I feel got...
0: like maybe some people in the writing team had seen the yeah. film and others have seen yeah. the book and, and they, they, they were assumed... very much got their wires crossed on that one
1: but yeah so like it's so weird because like I just knew The Shining so almost read the movie more than the book beat by beat
0: that's interesting like when did you watch first watch it
1: what the, sh- uh, the movie
0: yeah
1: um I, w- I watched it after I read the book oh okay so I read the book when I was 16 15 16 i think
0: Oh, okay older I, than i thought
1: then yeah and then i watched the film like not long after that because obviously like i love the book so you get a, get an obsession and then i watched the film i was like oh my god this is so boring
0: It, yeah
1: we try not to go yeah, into yeah, the yeah, film but, too much in this section but um, yeah
0: i i very much agree there was huge differences between the book and i really enjoyed the book like you said oh we you know, we should read it for a book club episode. And I was like, yeah, okay. Like I haven't read a creepy book in forever. So Have you
1: ever read a creepy book?
0: Probably not to the extent of like it actually being a horror. Yeah. Like, I've read obviously books which get creepy, but yeah. like that's more like of an aside genre. Not, yeah. I've never yeah. specifically read like a horror book. I've never read any Stephen King before. And do you know what's
1: awesome? Now that you like The Shining, next Halloween we're definitely doing it.
0: <sighs> Such a massively long book. Yeah, show. but I thought
1: about it. <laughs> If you start reading it now, all you have to do is 100 pages a month and you'll be set. Okay. And like that's 25 pages a week. Anyone can read 25 pages a week.
0: But then you run the risk of me really enjoying it and then reading over 200 pages and then me ending up. Getting like to January and I've already finished it. The type of thing because like it was really good. Oh, that's
1: fine. You can remember back to January from October.
0: I don't know. I find it hard to remember <laughs> last week. <laughs>
1: well, we're definitely doing it. That's been agreed upon oh, next okay. October. I
0: don't remember agreeing, but sure, I'll do it. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. But... Just start
1: it in like okay. Call it half and half. Start it in May.
0: Okay. Yeah. How many pages a month is that?
1: I don't. I don't know. I'm not a math expert. <laughs>
0: I, I mean, I'm me neither. It's five. We it's are definitely a... unemployed for the no, not unemployed. What's the word? We are definitely. I mean, this is easy math though. <laughs> <I> October <know. laughs> is
1: the tenth. May the fifth. It's a thousand pages, so two hundred pages a month.
0: That's doable. Yeah. Over a month period for sure. How many is that a day?
1: I, well, <laughs> I really don't know.
0: Anyway, the starting was only four hundred pages. Yeah. So it was very, and I listened to it in Audible. Which I guess I might end up doing again on uh, for It.
1: I like the It narrator better yeah. than I liked the Shining one.
0: I didn't find the Shining one was too bad, but no, then actually, I, I didn't hate him.
1: I might go back on my view on that. Yeah. Because at first I thought he sounded bored. But one thing that really <laughs> takes me out of Audible Editions is when they do voices for the women. And they're like, especially in horror novels, where it's like, and then Jack Torrance said to Rendy and then Wendy said that to- <laughs> It's like they just put like they just put on the worst women's voices. Oh, Jack, please don't hit me with that axe. And you're like, just stop, just stop doing the voices. Just read it, like
0: yeah, just read the thing. It's like,
1: when my mum was like reading me bedtime stories when I was a kid, yeah, like she was never like doing a deeper voice for like the man characters. She was never like, <laughs> I'm Harry Potter. Fuck you, Voldemort. <laughs> You know? Yeah. And like when Absolutely. male authors try and do that, it just sounds ridiculous to me. Yeah, that's So one that's thing true. I liked about The Shining Guy, is just sort of like, he didn't try and do that with Wendy. Oh, I don't remember him doing that.
0: I think maybe he had a different cadence yeah. when he was talking with like four danny and wendy but i don't think he necessarily yeah made his voice higher pitched or anything like yeah. that which would yeah have been weird but it was 400 pages i really enjoyed it i actually blazed through it in like two days which yeah, for me I is, un- is unheard of like I, I mean i'm the sort of person who would take literally months to read a book hence the um why it needs to be split hope, <laughs> over several months but um but yeah i like blazed through it. i thought it was incredible i i like Normally, when I have my like gaming time, I'm like you know doing my games as, as you do, but this time I was kind of like I must have the shining on in the background, listening to it while I play the games because I literally can't leave this story alone. And the the thing was, the first part of it, it's very much character development yeah. and it's very boring, but it also wasn't like for some reason I was I don't know if it's because I knew I had to do this episode, but I, I was like. I wanted to read it even though it was quote unquote boring. I didn't really find it boring. I was like, this is like, you all know this is ominously leading to something. It's probably just like saying how good of an author Stephen King is.
1: Yeah, the one bit that I think starts to strain my patience, but this is reading it a second time. I don't remember feeling like this so much the first time. Okay. But it's when they go to the doctor's bit and then the doctor's going on and on and on. (laughs) That does go for a long time. But we all know that it's the shining. Yeah. Like, so. Oh, this oh, it might not be the shining, let's yeah, throw some yeah. doubt in. It's like if that was another book, because Stephen King in any of his books, he's not one for um what's the word I'm looking for? Ambiguity, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Like he's like some horror authors are like, ooh, is it a demon or is it mental health issues? It and Stephen King is just a demon. Like
0: And also because you've got that it 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 happened before, <laughs> right, with um with the guy. The cook guy. And yeah, they were yeah. having a conversation. Yeah, so it's like we as the reader already no, know yeah. that what is going on. So when
1: he's like doing this very credible, oh, here's how it's a mental health thing. You're like, well, I know it's not though. So why am I reading this?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I guess it's like confirming it to the like the parents, I guess, because they were the ones that were concerned and they had their concerns put at ease because they were like, oh, it's just the child yeah. thing
1: but even when they leave, Wendy's like, didn't buy any of that. And you're
0: yeah, like Yeah, and then you're like, Oh, okay, well but then yeah. I, I quite like that though, because um this is like skipping forward a bit in the uh narrative.
1: Once you've done that, like say your point, and then shall we go back and just say what the narrative is the shining yeah, is?
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, let's do that now because I feel like we're getting, yeah, far, far too deep at, at the beginning. So take it to take us away. Oh, right,
1: so it's fairly simple. A uh, family goes to a hotel, hotel drives the man mad, the father mad, um, he tries to kill his family. Yeah. Then the hotel blows up. Yes. Now it. Um, so many plot beats.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing. It, it, it feels like it was relatively long for that, which you've just summed up in literally like yeah. three words, three sentences. But, um, it's
1: really, but like, it's really, I would say, a character study of a yeah. uh, family that's in trouble and then goes to a place where that. Trouble is compounded in an insane degree.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, like, the whole thing with Jack Torrance is that he's an alcoholic who swore off alcohol because he broke his son's arm because he was angry and lost his temper when his son was playing with his papers and, like, made a mess of them, Uh, and then... And then he carried on drinking for a week or so with his mate, and Couple then of months. yeah, and then his uh, and then they like hit a a bike or a kid. It's yeah. not entirely obvious. I think which it was one.
1: definitely just a bike because it was like one in the morning. So if there was a kid,
0: but then I swear in that description he said he saw the pale face.
1: I don't think he did. Because did they, he not? No, I think he said he could imagine it, like. Oh. But I don't think he actually saw it. I think he just like they didn't actually see what they hit. They just hit it and then yeah. saw it that it was a bike.
0: And then he was like, "Right, no."
1: Yeah, there should have been a kid on that bike. Why wasn't there a kid? I love that because it's never explained, and it never should be. No, but there's just a—it's so eerie, just a kid's bike in the middle of the road for like yeah. no reason at one in the morning.
0: And you also definitely like, who
1: put it there? Why was it there?
0: Yeah, and that's why I was. Thinking. What did happen
1: to the kid if he wasn't hit by the car? That's
0: it. And a lot of that, like first bit of the book, I was like, "Oh my god, it's the ghost of the kid that's going to come back and do something" type thing. But it turned out to be like not any really anything to do with that at all. So. Yeah. No. But yeah, that so, you know, breaking his kid's arm wasn't enough to stop him from drinking, but no. like running over a bicycle and potentially killing a child, like the idea of it was enough to stave him off alcohol for six months. But yeah, for six months.
1: That bit always makes me laugh at the beginning. <laughs> so he's speaking to uh, Mr. Wellman, and um, he's like, Well, no fear of me getting drunk. I've been sober for six months. I'm done with-. And it's like, you know, yeah. six months in the grand scheme of being sober. <laughs> Is fucking nothing, right?
0: Because when people say that, they genuinely follow up with like many years type thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah don't worry about that. I've been sober for ten years now. Yeah, and you're like, like, oh wow, congratulations, that's awesome. Like six so, months. Yeah, it's, it's like, like mm, okay.
1: Barely a break. Carry it's not on. even a year. Like so many uh, like like so many alcoholics, like six months is nothing. No. Loads of people do six months and yeah. go back like straight after. But he's just there like, no worry of me having <laughs> nope. any issues with alcohol. <laughs> I need a drink, I need a drink, I need a drink.
0: Yeah, I really like that, that I need a drink, I need a drink was littered throughout the paragraph, yeah. And it almost, it's, it's like interrupts the narrative and the yeah, flow.
1: Yeah, it's the parent, uh, these parentheticals, I forget what they're called. But they're in like a lot of Stephen King books.
0: Uh, I, I really liked it. I thought it was very, um, very similar to like how real alcoholism is. Yeah. Or I imagine how real alcoholism would be because it just... Yeah like he's in a flow he's in a narrative he's thinking he's monologuing and then it's like i need a drink yeah. like just cuts through all of the words and it's like interesting it's an, it was definitely very interesting to read
1: i've never seen another author do it but like i don't know how because i don't think like that is like the bit where like he's monologuing and then he's like you lost your temper like there's there it's those in those parentheticals right where he's like I'd never heard Danny, Danny, you lost your temper. I'd never hurt Danny, you lost your temper. Right, yeah, like, yeah. I don't think like that. I don't have another voice cutting in. But but I, the way Stephen King writes how people think, to me, is so relatable in a way that other authors aren't. Like, mm. that intrusive thought, I guess, is what you would call it. Yeah. Being like, yeah, but. Or like, well, I think there's a bit where he's like, he was like looking at the, um I forget. He was looking at like a mound and it... It was like looking at a, ma- a hill of earth and like the playground, and it's, it was like, oh yeah, I looked at the hill of earth, and it was like grave, like just in those things.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And like, I don't know, like that bit of instinct that's put into those, like what, like those parentheticals that Stephen King does, it makes it feel so much how I think, or like, yeah, when you're trying to tell yourself a false narrative, and you've got like a little voice, like it's like, oh, it's okay yeah. that I'm gonna get drunk tonight. The little and voice going, No money in my head is like, oh, I can go out drinking. It's like no money, don't work tomorrow, and you're like, no, just shut up. Be quiet, you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I really loved that. I thought that was such an interesting um, device that he used throughout it. And apparently some of the other books as well that I wouldn't know. Yeah, he I does know.
1: all the time. I don't think this quite as prominent mm. in any other book. I think, especially because towards the end of The Shining, I think it starts to mesh with what's his thoughts cutting through and what's the yes. hotel's thoughts cutting through? I think that's um,
0: the interesting thing because yeah. like, it's almost like he does have his own thoughts and then he has the little voice that chatters away in the background and cuts through but then you've also got the hotel which is doing exactly the same. Yeah. So should we go through it in a kind of narrative style yeah. instead of just talking about random bits randomly? So you know the, the, he's an alcoholic he's saved off for six months and then he, gets, he loses his job because he also I think one of the kids in his school, because he's a teacher, uh, keys his car. Oh, no, slashes his tires. Yeah. That's it. And then he decides that, well, he doesn't decide. He just loses his temper with him when he sees him slashing his like, tires. But the
1: kid slashed his car, um, tires because he apparently stuttered when he was talking in debate. And then yeah. Jack to set the timer.
0: Too long. Uh, too uh, short. Too short, yeah. yeah.
1: And then refused to admit it.
0: Yes. yes, yeah, because that was interesting. Because like the whole way through the book, he's like, I didn't cut the timer short. I didn't cut the timer short. And if I and did, then, it was
1: only out of sympathy. Yeah.
0: And then it's like, and if I did, it would have been a good thing that I did, type thing. And you know, like, and it was always sort of like. And then I think when it again gets to the end of the book, that it sort of says, I only did it because this type yeah. thing. And then it's like, oh, so you actually did do it. So that's interesting.
1: Although it's not the end of the book, it's like a third of the way through <laughs> okay, the book. You admit that.
0: the way, whatever. Then, but you know, I listened to it in two days. I have yeah, no certainly. sense of time. <laughs>
1: Um, I have so many questions, but I'll ask them all when we're done with this. I, oh,
0: okay. Well, um.
1: Or should I ask? I don't know. Go on.
0: Well, maybe as we get to that bit.
1: Okay, cool. So, um, this question, what, at what point, what did you think of Jack Torrance from in the early chapters? Because I have thoughts on this.
0: He seemed like relatively normal. He didn't seem like a great guy, but like, he seemed like he's he just seemed like a bit of a. Intense character, I yeah. guess you'd say, and like obviously like fought very highly of himself, and I, yeah. was quite obviously an alcoholic, and then but like didn't doubt his, you know, oh I can I I don't have to rely on it, it's it's not about me type thing. He like put on a show, yeah. but he didn't seem that to be like that nice of a husband or that nice of a uh, father to his wife and kid, but he didn't seem like a monster.
1: No, because when I first read it, I thought it was, like, quite a redeemable character, my mm. first read-through. And I think that's because I conflated so much of the hotel. uh, the... I have to talk about the movie here. Yeah. Uh, just very briefly. Because I conflated so much of the movie version with the book. Yeah. So when I first read the book uh, and watched the movie, I was, like, it made me retroactively remember him to be so much nicer. Right. In the book. So I always thought, it was like, oh, yeah, he's such a nice character. Mm. And then when I read it again, I was like, man, this guy's a fucking dickhead. He sucks. Like, <laughs>
0: Like, I wouldn't say he's like, yeah, he's not a monster. No, he's, he's not. not. He's, he's not just, a, just nice, a dickhead. Yeah, he's just a dick. He's not a nice like, person. Like, he's like
1: keeps thinking about like oh, a vicious little prick to Gary Oldman, and you're like, hey, what's he actually done that's been that much of a prick? Where he's like, I'm concerned you might kill your children. Yeah,
2: exactly. And wife.
1: That's not that busy an alcoholic. Like, he's just being straight with you. Which you imagine someone like Jack Torrance, who is a writer, but he likes to write. Like, you just know he's one of those t- like writers who wears like old scuffed boots and like (laughs) you know like those leather um suede jackets you know Uh like he's he likes to think of himself as a working man who's also a writer like a guy who gets his hands dirty
2: sure
1: which is why he uh, like one of the reasons i think he went for that hotel job is he wants to be like oh yeah i'm a common man a working man who's like risen above it because of my intellect Mm, but you just know if he was like in gary oldman's position he'd be talking to like someone else exactly the same way yeah
0: absolutely he,
1: um and you'd think he'd appreciate like gary Holman being like a straight shooter yeah he has, exactly. like, he has that kind of vibe, of, like i'm a man you know but nah can't do it like any concerns about his family's well-being that he needs to be told of he's just like a fucking prick
0: yeah he's uh, like oh stop sticking your nose in yeah stuff. so to carry on with the story oh just
1: one more bit i one. love the bit where he's like i'm not gonna kill my family we'll have books
0: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> oh in- yes well known for their yes. uh, power to stop people from killing each I'm other. I'm an
1: intelligent man. I'll read. My wife will read. That'll be fine.
0: <laughs> it's fine. We'll yeah. all read. Um, there's
1: nothing, nothing in a complex person's mind that can ever be like <laughs> pulled out and manipulated. Like <laughs> people who are authors, you know, never have issues. Famously, there's never been <laughs> yeah. an author with emotional no, health issues. No
0: mental health issues here. Nope. So he gets Famously
1: this, stable people.
0: He gets this job at the Overlook Hotel. Um which he's basically like the winter watchman. Caretaker. Caretaker, yeah. So he just looks after the building. He has to heat different parts of the building at, at you know, to make sure it doesn't like all the pipes don't freeze over and stuff like that. And then he has to do a bit on the roof, like he has to clear out the roof roof a bit and do a bit of re um reshaling. And yeah, there's he just has to look after it, but then it also says how isolated it is, like it's the out the overlook hotel is so high up, it's like forty-five minute drive away from any other town and it's like horrendously snowy in the winter.
1: So nearly impossible to get back down. Yeah,
0: basically impossible and then all of the okay, they they even said that oh and the phone line goes down like regularly and then it's not put up back up until summer. So I don't really...
1: Can I just say, even <laughs> if there weren't ghosts and monsters in the hotel, yeah. <laughs> it's still a fucking terrible idea with a five-year-old kid. Yes. I'm like, here's this giant abandoned hotel. you got a five-year-old. Like, you, can't, <laughs> you can't get down if there's... A, like, what if he bangs his head? Well, like, that's
0: what Wendy was thinking yeah. when, like, they were talking about him going for this job and... He gets shown around round by Mister Elmer, and then he comes back and says, "Oh, yeah, I got the job." Essentially, we're all gonna move up there. And like Wendy, his wife, is wondering why why the hell are we going up here? Like, what if? Because their son Danny has well, like, he goes into these kind of trances and like he faints, um, which we learn later on what that is. But he, yeah. So basically, he's he's not a well child. Like you know, he has problems that sometimes require doctors so i don't really know why they thought it was a great idea to like take them to this basically abandoned hotel
1: it'll be fun for the family in
0: the middle of nowhere uh yeah so that's like a whole thing very confusing and strange and then also the fact that they because they had to move away from where jack's school was um I, I can't remember where they were originally but i think they moved to boulder yeah something and, like that yeah and then they um there was like no children in the neighborhood for him to for danny to play with and then she was like oh i i, I get worried that he's so alone and he doesn't have any friends and i was Just like move to
1: an isolated hotel
0: yeah i was like why would you choose to then take him to a place where he will be the only child around <laughs> like literally aside from you two, like uh, the third person in this. Crazy. I, I don't really understand the logic. It was
1: just that they were so desperate because yeah. Jack had like no job, no real. Once you've beaten a kid half to death, you're not really yeah. that employable.
0: No.
1: Um, so they were just like, gotta do something to make it through the summer and then we'll sort ourselves out. Like, yeah, I do understand it from like, I get like this where it's like, you know, sometimes I might just delete all social media,
2: <laughs> go
1: like move to my aunt's sister's in London, Find try and shack get in a in job the down of the woods. there, <laughs> and then just like start my life again, and then I move back in like a year or so, like a fresh start. Um so like, like fairly romanticised
0: when you put it like
1: but, that. Yeah, I think that's like what they think. And also, sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, it'd be so nice to quit my job and then I could really focus on like writing or like training or doing something else. Yeah. Like and then like I'll be a better part. Like if I just quit my job for six months, I give myself six months, and then I can like retrain in something. Yeah. And then I'll come out of it as a better, more adaptable person. And I kind of think that's what like Jack was like of like yeah. you know I just need to get away.
0: Yeah, that's for it. Six I just months. need to stop what I'm doing right now, break the cycle, and do something completely different. And then
1: I'll be I'll be good to live in the world again because yeah. I like have used that six months to work on myself. Yeah. Like how people get over like the idea of going to prison and like make it a positive thing of like
0: yeah
1: I can remove myself from this toxic environment I can use this time to work on myself but then you know prison's a horrible place
0: so. yeah I was gonna say like put yourself in another toxic environment yeah I'm but, at, you know trying funny, to but... That. um but yeah that was basically his whole thing is like I'm gonna use this time to go up here spend time with my family uh get paid to do it take myself away from the world and write his play and. The play is one of the things that keeps coming back as recurring in the book, that he wants to write this play and he he can't find the words to write it, basically. And he can't find the time and sometimes he's doing well in it and other times he can't find the words. And um, yeah, so they move to the hotel and it's all fun and games. Danny nearly
1: gets molested by a cook.
0: Oh, Out- <laughs> Yeah, they meet um, Mr. Halloway?
1: Uh, Dick Halloran.
0: Dick Halloran, that's it, yeah. And he has a discussion with Danny saying that he has this psychic ability, basically, called The Shining. And that is, that's the funny thing, because I didn't know that's what The Shining, the book, was written on. I had no idea that it was actually around this sort of psychic phenomenon that he had, this power
1: yeah it's um that power goes on to be like a major through line in a lot of King's books. I think because it makes things really narratively easy for stephen King is if it's like, how do I make this character survive something that shining by- like. <laughs> Yeah, he's got psychic powers. That's how he knows there's a big demon coming after him.
0: Oh, so in other books do they also have is it like a continuing thread? Yeah,
1: it's in, there's always a fucking psychic kid in like really? almost all his books. Do they
0: call it shining?
1: No, but like yeah. it's hinted at. Like other people have other words for it and like but it's the same same thing.
0: Right. and oh, um, that's interesting. I didn't know that, that that was like a kind of loose thread throughout all of the books.
1: Yeah, it actually become uh, spoilers for the dark tower just really quickly oh, okay. because I, Stephen king was one of the first people i think maybe authors ever to do like a shared universe oh,
0: that's um, interesting. because all of
1: Stephen king's books happen apart from like some of them um <laughs> most of them happen in a shared universe so uh-huh. like the shining the shining exists in the same world as the salem's law and uh, that exists in the same world as pet cemetery and that uh, okay. exists in the same world as bag of bones
0: that's interesting um, I didn't
1: know that uh, but what was my point oh yeah so there's his massive fantasy series which is like the backbone of Stephen King's works called the dark tower like that's it's like base- a
0: ten book thing, seven book it? yeah, oh, seven book okay yeah so many books Brian's read them and uh, yeah, didn't like them no I, I don't I don't think I would like it to be fair they're amazing
1: anyway okay um, <laughs> apart from the last three and the first one <laughs> um, but other than that they're amazing and some people really love the last three, I just don't personally. Anyway, um, so they're they're like the backbone of his um fictional universe. And quick spoilers for the Dark Tower, mm-hmm. um basically what happens is the guy, uh, the main villain called the King in Crimson, he's like starts kidnapping all these people with the shine or whatever you want to call it. Oh. and they're called breakers and they start trying to break the um bonds that hold the universe together because he wants to throw the universe into unending chaos. Ooh. Um so like that idea of people with psychic powers is like becomes like A major major plot point point. and i don't think it was writing the shining being like one day i'm going to like make this the climax of my great (laughs) epic that i want to tell that's the backbone of my entire universe i think Mm. he was was like psychic kid ghosts nailed it
0: (laughs) nailed it again
1: Um, but yeah so it does go on to be like a massive thing in his world
0: that's cool um yeah i didn't know that at all so that is actually that's interesting that he was probably one of the first people to do that yeah
1: (laughs) and it's so it's one of my favorite things when you're reading his book books because like there's a bit where someone's like driving past um a place called jerusalem's lot which is where salem's lot takes place Uh. and it's like this abandoned city that gets overwhelmed by vampires but before that even before the vampires came it was like an evil place okay um anyway someone's like driving home from a i don't know business meeting mm-hmm. and i think this is a cemetery anyway and then they just see the word uh jerusalem's lot 200 miles away and it's like they get a cold shadow, but they don't know why there's just like something about that like don't go down there and whenever he references like oh someone like went past dairy main and there was a little balloon floating up to the sky you're like oh
0: ah interesting because
1: you're like oh yeah that's where pennywise lived or lives
0: right and
1: it's like yeah sometimes like people like going past Derry and then they see a balloon, and they don't know why, but they feel like intense terror
0: because they've got a shine, yeah, right. That's interesting. Um, so Danny and Mr. Halloran have this conversation yeah. where Halloran gets Danny into his car, and um, yeah. <laughs> everyone right. is he, he's
1: like, like, Oh, Wendy, can I go take your kid alone into my car? She's like,
0: sure. yeah? Why well, no? Because she said, Oh, can I help Mr. Halloran pack his things? and then like she sees the window. Like, the kid get into the car, yeah, and you're just kind like, of like, she tells tell hmm. someone about this. <laughs> and then, like, just doesn't, and yeah. then it's all fine. This
1: was written in 1974, I think. I
0: guess so, but even she's concerned. Yeah, <laughs> like...
1: And he's like, he keeps saying to the kid, do you want to come away with me for summer?
0: Yeah, like, literally, he saying, do you want to come to Florida with me? And I like that, because he, Mr. Hallowand, has The Shining as well, and he can tell that Danny has The Shining, because they can, like, psychically communicate, essentially. Danny's is a lot more powerful, though, because he's, I don't know, prodigy. So. Yeah. And um, so Mr. Halloran is basically telling him, like, all of this, uh, you know, and explaining to him how this shining works, uh, which is very cool because obviously it gives us, the viewer, more understanding of this whole universe and this power at the same time. Um and he's basically keeps saying like, oh, do you want to come to Florida with me? So he's going away to Florida for the winter and he keeps saying, do you want to come to Florida with me? You'll come to Florida with me, won't you? And then... Not creepy. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I was like, some six foot dude was saying that to me. My dad would be like, time to go, son. Yeah.
0: But then I like that because it was almost like The Shining was telling him... Yeah he's going to be in danger.
1: And what's interesting is even the doctor says it, like when he's like, oh, Danny, just spend the winter with me. You don't want to like go up to that musty. And that doctor definitely didn't have the shining. Yeah. But there was still like, I think a sense of like, got to get him away from this place.
0: Yeah, weird. Actually, I never even remembered that. But yeah, you're right. That totally did happen. So yes, um, I thought that was very cool because it was obviously like the powers that be the good in the universe kind of like, Please don't go to that place. It would be very bad if you went to that place. It
1: won't end well for you.
0: No. And, um, but anyway, he says, well, you know, be careful here. Don't go into room 217. Is it 217? I think three, yeah, it's 237 two, two, it, yeah. yeah 237. He's like, don't go into t- room 237. You'll be fine. Like, you might see things, but nothing can hurt you. And he's like, okay. and like, love that at the end.
1: He's like, is that true? Nah, yeah.
0: I don't want to miss my flight. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, I have to go. And uh, so he off, off he goes to his flight. And then everything's cool. It skips forward a few months in a narrative, and like, you know, Wendy's enjoying being in the. Um... What is
1: Wendy doing? Because it's like, I don't oh yeah, know.
0: being a housewife. Yeah, tech was wife. like
1: teaching Danny how to read. Danny was like learning how to read. Uh, Jack was doing his jobs and like getting
0: rid of wasps nests. Yeah, and things. Danny was playing
1: around and Wendy was like, "This is cool."
0: Yeah, that's it. Wendy's just like, I don't know, just wandering around yeah. the hotel doing what that's a door. His wife does another like door. Yeah, another one. Yep. There's so many of them.
1: Yeah, look at the carpets.
0: <laughs> and uh, this is when like Danny starts to have premonitions about something terrible happening. In the hotel. Well he had
1: that at the beginning of the book. Oh yes, he like, did. I love how Stephen King just loves to spoil his own books. Like at the very <laughs> second chapter, I think, of the book, like Danny had a premonition of a thing vaguely shaped like his father with an axe chasing him. Yeah. You're like, oh, I wonder what the climax it of this book's gonna an be. Axe.
0: It was a woke oh, mallet. Yeah, a
1: woke mallet. Anyway, and then like, you know, like, oh, I wonder what the climax of this book's gonna be. Even if like <laughs> I didn't know it. I guess it's one of the reasons why knowing me knowing it so much in pop culture didn't seem to be such a deal because he basically tells you, like Oh, yeah, his dad's going to go insane and try and kill him.
0: I mean, but as a first-time reader, yes, you do know that, because, like, obviously, yeah, he has the premonition. And it's a horror book. You know it's going to end up going that way, because yeah. it's kind of like you can't see this ending in any other way. And uh, Mr. Olman was telling uh, Jack, yeah. oh, this guy before, like, he killed his whole family here. Like, but don't worry about it. I'm sure you won't go insane.
1: Stephen King, <laughs> there's a joke where Stephen King, or something like Stephen King once saw subtlety and he buried it as deep as some of his villains <laughs> or some of the vampires that come back up. Yep. He's, uh, not a, he's not a subtle author.
0: No, no, not at all. But I like that because.
1: I love it with the wasp nest, which is an ongoing motif all through the book. Yes. Uh, and at the very, like, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a really cool metaphor. And he's like, here's the metaphor.
0: <laughs> yeah, let me explain <laughs> shirt, it out for the you. The overlook
1: <laughs> is the wasp nest and Jack keeps putting his dick in there. <laughs> that's the metaphor if you didn't get it
0: yep. um, yeah that's another thing he finds a wasp nest and he gets rid of the wasp but then like so he uses a bug bomb on it and destroys the bugs and then
1: he's like is he, he?" I think that's like one of the main bits of the book I love mm. where he's like oh yeah I've been passive my entire life and like my life's been a wasp nest that I had to put my hand in but now I can defeat the wasp mm. and then like immediately they're like
0: hey, I'm here. Yeah, 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 that's it. So he gives the empty wasp nest to his son and then they all come out and sting him in the night. Telling that he,
1: in fact, cannot defeat the wasp nest Yes, and they'll just keep coming back and stinging him.
0: And then that's when they took him to the doctor. Yeah, And then that's when the doctor's like, come stay with me. Ha ha. Yeah, and he's also
1: like, oh, don't get divorced or Danny will be a schizophrenic.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's way, way, no. I I mean, again, 1974, so maybe that was how, like, mental (laughs) health science was probably, done probably probably I would say there's lots more healthy ways to raise a kid like having par- I mean not to get too yeah, into stay my own in life
0: in a uh, horrible but, uh, abusive relationship because- well, I guess it wasn't technically abusive but it definitely wasn't fun no but, <laughs> it was
1: uh, a yeah, fun relationship having two parents and it was an abusive relationship between my parents and growing up with that you're like yeah divorce would have been better
0: yeah absolutely yeah.
1: And my dad would have made it two seconds in that fucking hotel before trying to kill me <laughs>
0: through the yeah. front door and he's like that? I want to kill you <laughs> his son Danny comes back with um like finger marks round his neck as in like someone tried to strangle him and at this point um Wendy sort of suspects that he has hurt Danny because he he's just either gone insane or he's just like depraved of al- deprived of alcohol so he can't like he he's hurt him, likely well, hurt him before. It happened
1: straight after Jack had a dream where he was like, "I just dreamed I killed you and Danny," uh, and um, it's like where it cuts back to showing how abusive Jack's father was.
0: Right? Yeah. Um,
1: and then. it was
0: such a nice bit in the book as well because it really adds like so much texture yeah. to that. Whereas in the film, obviously that never happened. So yeah. But it gives a lot of context.
1: And it was also in the book, uh, Jack was dreaming about his father. And then his father was like, kill your kid, kill your kid from the radio. Yeah. And it was his father speaking to him through the radio. That's why he kills the, like, transponder that, like... In-
0: oh, yeah. And then, and then Danny... So, yeah, he, they kill the radio. Yeah. So, like, they don't have they don't have telephones or any <laughs> way of, like, and communicating out he now.
1: he tells Wendy this. And it's actually kind of uh, phrased a bit like, oh, this is going to be when Jack comes clean. Because... There's also a major bit in the book where he goes down and he finds the history of the hotel and he starts oh, becoming yes. more and more obsessed with it.
0: Like a scrapbook and it was yeah. like saying about all the horrible people who had owned the hotel before yeah. and like their debaucherous things that they've done and there have been like so many murders in the hotel and it had a very sordid past. Yeah. Um, that obviously Mr. Olman was like not telling him about. And, and he then- for, for some reason felt very vindicated that he wasn't told about this dirty secret. Yeah,
1: So I was thinking a lot about why he did that mm. and i think it's because jack i think the main one of the main problems with jack is he has a fucking ego the size of the moon and i think he was like omen spoke down to me he questioned if i could look after my family now i have something that gives me power over him yeah and i want to he like he has to know that i can do something i can like write this book i can do a scandal i can do something i have some power over him and i need him to know that is I need him to know I'm a big man and I'm in charge and I can look after my family. Yeah. And he needs to know that and he didn't tell me the hotel and now I can hold it over him and now I win.
0: Yeah, he's such I'm going to sh- go have a drink. Such a child. Yeah. yeah, so he um so he has this whole like he goes down to the town where there's telephones and it's is before they get snowed in and then he uh yeah, rings up Mr. Ullman, and he basically lords it over him and says, I know all this stuff about the hotel that you never told me about. And
1: I love Ullman's reaction. He's like, well, you can still fucking trim the hedge mazes, right? I don't really get what this has to do with your job.
0: Yeah. And I didn't either. I was like, yeah, what are you saying this? I don't really get it. I don't think
1: it's ever explained. I I said Stephen King hates subtlety, but there there's like a subtle character moment. I think even Jack in it is like, the fuck am I doing
0: yeah that's why I kind of thought it might have been the influence of the hotel
1: well I think the like hotel really starts to get into him when he discovers that paper
0: yeah 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 definitely like you know that's and then it's even said later on that the manager of the hotel left it for him there to find and read
1: and I never picked this up in my first reading but in my second reading so he read that scrapbook which is basically the whole history yeah and then he just keeps going down there and there's a bit where he's like looking through milk receipts and he's like Oh, I'll put all this together. And you're like, oh no, you've already put it all together. It's
2: already there.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. like, but something keeps eluding me. Maybe in these receipts. <laughs> Maybe and, in the milk
0: receipts. Yeah, and you're like, I'll oh, find it.
1: No, this is just him losing his mind.
0: Which is really cool because I like this, the fact that obviously there's the fact of him losing his mind because... There's this evil presence from the hotel that's invading his mind and telling him to do things, but then also just a sort of generic yeah. like mindless mo- losing your mind. So, like then, like there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it. He's literally just looking through milk receipts. So,
1: in uh, we'll talk about this after we've done the recap. Yeah. But the main question I think of The Shining is how culp- how culpable is Jack Torrance mm-hmm. and how culpable is the hotel?
0: Yeah. Like
1: who is it a chicken and egg? Is it a, like where does the fault lie? Where where does he begin and
0: where does the hotel end how much
1: influence did the hotel have
0: because the hotel is telling him all about you know and giving him visions and dreams of his father who uh caned his mother basically in like with a a walking stick at a family dinner which is a very horrific scene
1: yeah he's a male nurse which isn't anything today because he wouldn't even say a male nurse the job is just a nurse yeah but it all comes back i think to ego again because his father was a male nurse and back in the fucking like this would be the what, 50s 40s mm. that just weren't male nurses
0: right
1: and i think like i
0: didn't even pick up on that
1: like just is terribly ashamed of having a woman's job so like he gets like it's never said in the text but you can just imagine him get drunk and be like they're all fucking judging me for like yeah. my woman's job my caretaker job yeah so he's caretaker busy mm. taking care of people jack's a the caretaker there we go all comes down i ah, just put that together in my head Anyway, because but I do think there is something there, actually, because Narcy is someone taking care of people. He's their caretaker and Jack's the caretaker. That's so true, um, yeah. and ah. he's, as Towards the end, he does start to get possessed by his father as much yes. as the hotel.
0: Which is why I also kind of like it, because he said those, those little snippets that keep coming in into yeah. the narrative, You they start with drink and then they end up sort of being replaced by his father's thoughts. are you gonna
1: take your medicine yeah because his
0: father says take your medicine like as in like take your beating essentially and then like but then obviously jack never says these things but then like the more that that image starts to creep into his head the more that he says it the more that it happens in the narrative and then he actually ends up saying it in the dialogue later on and it's kind of like you never said this thing this is your father so yeah it is basically who is culpable and where does the hotel end and where does him begin because obviously this is all on him Yeah, but at the same time it's like did the hotel like inspire that idea so it's interesting
1: Uh, yeah so where were we
0: um so he shouted at Mr. Ullman and then Mr. Ullman was like like, do your fucking job, basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Who gives a shit? All <laughs> yeah. hotels have weird history, you dickhead.
0: <laughs> and then he goes back to the hotel. Oh, yeah, and then Danny gets into the room with the ghost, and the ghost try to strangle him. And then um, but, w- Wendy thinks that the marks on his neck were caused by Jack.
1: This leads to one of my favourite Stephen King-isms. Mm. Where, like, and then at the end of the chapter, Danny's like,
0: she did it. Yeah.
1: And then Jack, like, kind of, of, like, turns to Wendy, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, leads to one of my favourite Stephen King's books, that in the next chapter is, like, Jack knew Wendy would never hurt his kid. (laughs) kid, And he just moved on. And, like, that happens in so many Stephen King novels, where, like, you think he's going to do a thing, and then because he was probably, like, high or coke or or drunk, he's just like, I can't be fucking bothered with this.
0: And then it's like, ah, a week later. Yeah, yeah. like, (laughs)
1: Like... he just does this massive cliffhanger that you think is going to be a big thing in the book where then Jack can be like, no, you, you hurt my kid, you know? Which Why is what it was very it? much leading up yeah, to. Yeah, but you realise... but And then he was like, oh, she'd never do
0: that. And
1: Stephen King, I think he, what he realised is like, oh, this is just melodrama for melodrama's sake. I'm not going to put that in.
0: But <laughs> he just, he just the, cuts it, but, but, but leads the cut, all the lead up Yeah, up I was going to say, the
1: dude does not edit. He refuses <laughs> to edit. So he's like... Yeah, but well, I'm not going to cut that bit out, which it I probably was, could do. It was
0: good writing. I'm yeah, going to yeah. keep it in, <laughs> even I mean, though it goes nowhere. <laughs>
1: if he's writing this on a typewriter, he'd have to get us some print stick and like,
0: see. That, actually... You saying typewriter has actually made me think like one of the, the things that s- struck me as the book. Obviously, I'm reading it. I didn't hmm. even know when it was made yeah. until we started talking about it a little bit later on. came you out said, in
1: 1976, but I think he started writing it in 1974.
0: But that's the thing. Like, I didn't even realise it was like the 70s yeah. because it's such you could almost modernize it today and you'd have to change very, very little in it because it's so, the whole, the Overlook Hotel is meant to be like this whole place and like nothing much works and there's no signal and you can't get, like, so it kind of, if everyone had mobile phones, it'd be like, oh, well, there's just no power and you can't, there's no signal out here and you just can't get it type thing. And and I didn't even realize that it was actually, you know, set in the the 70s. I mean, written
1: in the 70s. A written answer, yeah.
0: yeah. But he says, um, that he was like writing on his typewriter and yeah. I was like, What and I was like, Oh my god, yeah, this is like way further in the past than I thought it was. It's also
1: <laughs> mind blowing to me that people wrote on typewriters. I remember Stephen King yes. did an interview where he got like a computer and he was like, I can
0: backspace <laughs> Oh my god, I can delete things. What the
1: fuck? This is gonna make me such a better writer. And That's I mean, so cool. Weirdly enough he became worse somehow. <laughs> but <laughs>
0: But honestly, that you know that kind of technology revolution must have been so amazing yeah. back in the time. But yeah, but the, the book itself actually has, in that way, kind of aged incredibly well. Yes. Because there isn't a lot of mention of technology Maybe at all. 50 years ago. What yeah.
1: blows my mind, and this is me just being judgmental of the past, uh-huh. is I can't believe there were fathers who didn't beat their children. <laughs> because whenever you're like, you hear about the 70s, it's like, yeah, my father d- beat me, but yeah. you know, it's fine as the 70s. But in this, it's like, oh no, it's still found upon to hit your kids. Yeah. Like, when, like, Danny got his arm, like, wrenched out, but when wanted a divorce, then, like, Jack wasn't wasn't going to hit his kid. Like, he's like, no, that's an awful thing to do. Maybe so that's why So I think people I... maybe exaggerate a little bit much yeah. how awful their parents were. That's true. If, like, that whole book... And, like, Stephen King was, like, at this point still a conservative. Oh. I think. Maybe. I think, like, at the very, his very early days, he was a Republican. Oh, okay. Um, and now he's, like, hardcore left wing. Right. Um, I was going to say, that's, a, that's so like, not
0: really the way it normally works. It normally is yeah. reversed to that, but interesting. So,
1: you know, Republican, Republicans are the ones who bang their drums on, like, beating their kids. And he still thought it was wrong. So I don't know if the 70s, like, when people grew up in the 70s and they're like, my kid, my phones beat me all the time, are they telling the truth? Mm. Because there's a whole book about how, like, The Shining, is a whole book about how taboo <laughs> it is to hit your kids.
0: Yeah, like, that definitely was. The, and maybe that's why it made me think that it wasn't as... Set as early written as early as it actually was. I don't know, but um, yeah. So what happens next?
1: Um, then they're like, we need to get down. Uh, then this is where it starts to like all go to shit because they're like, we need to get down.
0: Yeah, get down the mountain. And they're all and Jack's in. Like,
1: yeah, alright But he doesn't really want to. And then they have sex with the kid in the room, which is a very weird scene.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot about like, that. A I mean, five I guess it, year old is it's, old enough. It's that very he w- much a, like fade to black. But then it's kind of but and also he's kind of like. Had one of his moments where he's just like.
1: Oh, yeah, so that's fine then. He's unconscious. Yeah, it's fine. Let's Don't back. worry about
0: it. <laughs> oh, and that's also something we haven't mentioned Tommy yet. Toby. Tommy. Toby. Toby? Yeah. It's not Toby. Yes, it is. What? No, yeah, it's not. It I would is. know. Toby's my brother, so I would definitely okay, know. But you're
1: wrong about this. It's Tommy. It's not. Yes, it is. Okay, fine, but it's not.
0: The Shining. Toby. Tommy.
1: Just type in The Shining Toby.
0: Oh, it's Tony, I think. Oh,
1: right, we're both stuck. We're
0: both wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's Tony. Okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
1: oh, I was so convinced I was right on that one. You were. You were it saying wasn't... with
0: such conviction that I was like, am I wrong? And I was like, no, because if it said Toby, I would have known because he's like brother. I it wasn't Tommy. <laughs> no, it's not Tommy. It's Danny. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it's like this character that sort of lives in his head that, is in part somehow related to the Shining ability. Yeah. But um, he kind of, he's the one who shows him vis- vision. He's like a
1: goodie, but I always find him quite creepy, because he's always like far away and he's always like, Danny.
0: Yeah. You're fucked.
1: <laughs> You're gonna die.
0: Because I didn't realize who that was until I actually looked it up at the end. Oh, Tony. Yeah.
1: It was, I just thought he was a dude who lived in.
0: It's himself. Yeah, in, the, in future, the future. yeah. And I didn't know that. Why is he so creepy in the future? I don't
1: know. <laughs> actually, before we, leave, before we leave today, there's a clip I want to show you from the sequel. Oh, okay. That's one of my like favourite scenes in all of movies.
0: Got um, so the sequel, The Shining? Yeah. Huh? There's a sequel, The Shining? Yeah, there's a
1: book and movie sequel. The movie. What? Oddly enough, doing a.
0: my mind, man. What? I did like this.
1: Doing a flip from the. This way around, the movie sequel. I would actually I prefer the movie to the book.
0: Oh, um,
1: it's a really a faithful adaption, but I feel feel uh, anyway. This isn't pertinent. I, I'm just going to say it. Um, <laughs> I feel like the book doesn't have so much emotion in, and it kind of becomes a bit silly. Oh, okay. Where the movie becomes very grounded, and I say puts a lot of emotion in. Interesting. Uh, but they're both really good looks at alcoholism, and as someone who um in no way has ever suffered from alcoholism,
0: sure, sure. <laughs> he says. Taking a squirt
1: <laughs> ah, Needed that um, I find fascinating
0: Yes absolutely I had no idea that I'll show the you sequel. my favourite scene from it It's very good Okay I, I actually I am very interested in this You have to tell me more afterwards um, But right now we're doing the first book So we should get back to that So yeah So everything starts going to shit Wendy says to Jack Oh we need to get him down off the mountain um, Because he's like Going into his trances Because he's talking with to- to- Tony And B- Toby Tony <laughs> And um, and when he does that, he goes into these trances, which is his whole fainting spell, which is why they took him to the doctor before and that sort of thing. And um, Jack says, "Okay, I'll check out the snowmobile tomorrow, and we will, we will try and figure something out and see if it still works." And then he goes down to the snowmobile the next day, and he's like, "Oh, what do you know? It does work!" And then like you can hear like in the narrative, this like the chipping of the hotel coming into his brain is it and going, the hotel
1: or is it him
0: i don't know that's the thing it's difficult to tell so, us. And i always said it was a hotel because well for later on in the book reasons but i i always thought it was the hotel because the hotel is telling me they want to be here they should be here why are they making a, a problem for you just throw the the battery away like you don't need to leave type thing
1: so this leads to one of my favorite themes of the book that i didn't pick up on last time and why I think this is quintessentially an American story. Okay. Um. And spoilers, I'm going to talk about alcoholism. Not that we haven't S- mentioned that.
0: Spoilers for I alcoholism. Mean, <laughs> I was going to say
1: trigger warning.
0: Okay, trigger warning for alcoholism.
1: That we've spoken about this entire podcast. I mean, podcast, yeah, at this point but it's has got bit i guess got, I'll, I'll talk a bit about my own alcoholism, uh, issues with alcohol, or my own experience anyway. Um, Which is... Um, so the first time I ever read The Shining, I was really trying hard to place when I'd read it, and I realised it was when I'd had—I'd been drunk twice in my life when I read The Shining for the oh, first okay. time. I thought it was before I'd started drinking, but it's not because I remember like really relating to the book. Mm. Oddly enough, I'd only been drunk twice, mm. but even then, there's a bit in the book where like Jack compares when he drunk to like a circuit closing, mm. um, and that's how I've always compared alcohol in my life of like this like circuit clicking on and then while you're drinking you feel like who you should be mm. and that's from the book and i've never really realized that because i've been using that metaphor my entire life yeah and i like,
0: remember you telling me about yeah. that
1: and even when i'd like had my second ever drink i really like related to that metaphor because that is exactly how i felt i remember the first time i ever drank, and it was almost like euphoria it was like oh this is how i'm meant to feel all the time mm. and i've always felt like there's a big hole in me and nothing really fills it and then when i drunk i was like oh that hole's actually filled with this like weird clear liquid that's gonna you know poison me the next day <laughs> um anyway so like the alcohol themes are the themes i really picked up on the first time i read it because i think i've said this before but i think i always knew i was gonna be an alcoholic or I don't know if I'm an alcoholic because I do keep myself fairly in check these days mm. in a way that people who... I
0: feel like to say that you struggled with alcohol in the past. Yeah,
1: and like AA will tell you if you're an alcoholic, you can't keep yourself in check. But I don't even remember the last time I was like fucking blackout binge drinking. It
0: would have been a very, very long time ago. Yeah,
1: and I only drink at least once. I mean, once a week, but even then sometimes it's like once every three weeks. But I'm also not...
0: And it's not like, oh my God, I need to get annihilated. Yeah. It's always like, let's have some cocktails type of thing. Yeah.
1: Um, but we trying, always
0: get a little bit buzzed, but I wouldn't yeah. ever say that we're ever to the point of like, no one, you can't walk or remember. No, not for like, a long
1: time anyway. No. Um, but I'm also not trying to defend myself. I might be an alcoholic who still drinks and as much as I like to believe it's healthier, it might be still a terrible idea that I'm just murdering myself. I don't really know. I mean, I think um, alcohol
0: in general is like a bad idea for someone who is saying that and literally drinking gin at the same yeah. time. <laughs> but like I mean I do think that I would be so much more healthier if I didn't drink. Yeah. But I like drinking, so I intend to continue poisoning myself.
1: Me too. Until Sucks. it <laughs> I guess for me like the thing that does make me think I'm alcoholic is that I'm always waiting for it to get bad again. Like I can it's in control now. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's going to be in control forever. Mm. And I know there's, you know, there's a risk of backsliding and i'm like "Ooh, i wonder when that's gonna happen if i keep keep this up but so far so good
0: i read a book it's actually that one you recommended to one of your friends yeah the naked... Is that the naked truth no i think it's the
1: naked yeah i know the one you're talking about yeah i, what it's
0: called. It, I should actually get the name of it because people might actually want to read it.
1: it um that friend i won't name names but like it was that book that actually made her stop drinking she's still sober
0: that's amazing. Yeah,
1: I read that book. I'm not fucking sober. Oh,
0: you read it? I didn't realise you read it. Yeah,
1: that's why I recommended it to her. Well.
0: Oh, I thought you said you didn't read it, but you recommended it anyway.
1: No. It's only like 100 pages.
0: Oh, that's what you said to me.
1: Are maybe, you sure? Maybe, that
0: you yeah, yeah, that's what you said. But maybe you read it afterwards.
1: Oh, uh, okay. yeah, maybe.
0: It's called The Naked Mind. Control alcohol, find freedom, rediscover happiness, and change your life by Annie Grace. And it's a very good book. And the um, audible version is very good as well, because I listened to it.
1: Yeah, I listened Maybe that's what I said. I listened to about three quarters of the audio Oh,
0: okay. Because we definitely,
1: you must remember that I've had, I was like, yeah, she has a nice voice, so I found it quite easy oh, to listen to. yeah, you
0: to. did say that, yeah. Uh, so I
1: listened to like a lot of it.
0: Oh, okay. That's all right then. Yeah. Maybe I'm just. Maybe you're remembering me
1: saying I didn't read it. I listened to it.
0: Ah, uh, maybe that's it. That's probably it. But, um, but yeah, very good book. It hasn't stopped me from drinking, but mm. it definitely gave me like a good, like I stopped drinking for a while after I read that.
1: We both did, because that was during lockdown and I was yeah. sober for a year and four months. Yeah, during lockdown. I
0: think it was definitely around that time because also I was like questioning my relationship yeah. with alcohol at the same time. So that's why I read that book and then I was like, huh. And actually, it did do quite a lot of good in me because before I used to think I maybe was a little bit out of control with it. But yeah, like you now, I feel like I, I, will have a glass of something, but I will never get to the point where I'm like getting blackout drunk again no. and again. It's been a a long, long while since that's, since that's happened. Um but yeah in her her book it was always basically saying like you see the kids like who have just come out of uni and they're drinking and then they like stare daggers at the man, the homeless man on the street Who's also drinking, type of thing. And it's kind of like they're just, they're on the same scale. They're just the opposite ends of it. Yeah. So it's almost like the sort of sinking feeling of like sliding down that scale. So yeah, I totally understand that. So that's a very long winded way to come to that (laughs) point that I wanted to make. (laughs)
1: But so that was my relationship with the book the first time I read it. And that was the main thing I really remembered from the book is the alcohol. And we missed out when we were recapping one of the like most famous scenes in the book and movie where he goes down to the bar and he's like, imagine yes. in the movie he's talking to like but in the book he's imagining he's talking to a bartender mm. and he's like line them up my man yeah. i've got 20 so-and-sos and the uh, has the whole thing that i just think is amazing and where he's like and then you get on the cart, and you think it's like full of these rich people and they're playing music all the time but then you climb yourself on from the cart from the gutter and you realize the cart's got fucking shitty floorboards and the rich people they're just dressed up in makeup and they're empty inside with no joy. And then you've got this blonde bitch who's just ha- haggling you all the time, telling you not to be who you are. <laughs> so you end up climbing off the fucking cart and getting banned in the gutter where it's comfortable. Yeah. And like that's the whole thing about how like he was talking to like his imaginary bartender. And I I don't know, I think that's like one of the most powerful looks at like alcoholism and yeah. how you backtrack through alcoholism. Because you was like, you're this promised is a, Yeah, you're promised a better life when you get clean. And I went a year and four months without drinking, and when I went back to drinking, I was like, "Oh, thank God!"
0: It's hard, and that's the thing. Like, I don't. It probably doesn't get any less hard. Like, yeah. The longer you do it, like,
1: and it, you are promised a better life, and that's not always what happens. Like, there are better, like,
0: you probably you get better aspects of your yeah. life. Like, you're probably able to hold down a job better and like relationships better. But like, it I it mean, doesn't
1: solve everything, and it doesn't make it, alcohol any worse or any yeah. less.
0: And like, the voice in the head never goes away. It yeah. Probably just gets more incessant.
1: I think maybe it doesn't get more incessant, but I don't think it ever goes. Yeah. Anyway, I really love that bit in the book. It's one of my favorite bits. Um, but it, it. So I always remember that. But in this book, I what really struck me more as a theme was the um, ap- like the absolute fear of. A financial failure and what that means to him and what that would say about him as a man, mm. because in Britain where we live, for anyone who doesn't realise who's living in other countries, or uh, the <laughs> I UK, think everyone would be pretty
0: <laughs> what were the by very now.
1: <laughs> very British accent, English accents and yeah, a
0: lot of our audience are American actually, which is very interesting. Oh, to me. ten of them. No, there's a few more than that yeah, it is about half and half British USA yeah. at the moment, which is like, yeah, interesting stat to me, I think.
1: So any Americans, um, tell me if you're wrong, but I don't think class systems exist in America in the same way they exist here. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that, because the Great Gatsby is a whole thing about how you can't like make your class better.
2: Yeah.
1: But I would say there's a f- more like here, like I could be rich, but I'd never be upper class. I'm still am mm. middle class. And that's what I am. And you like meet people who are poor as that. And they're like, still middle class. they still act middle class
0: yeah i know what you mean where
1: in america i think there's a more
0: it's more of a ladder yeah yeah and
1: jack's absolute terror and i i think because of the american dream and that america is a deeply capitalist country more so than here that if you're not a success in america you're a failure Mm. and in that book jack is absolutely terrified of not having money and being like downgraded to not the being class he's poorer. in. Yeah, poorer. Yeah. Because it would make him a failure as a man, and he can absolutely not handle that. And that's what I really picked up on. And this time was his fear of being a failure of the capitalist society. Because he was like a writer and he was had all this promise in the world, and then to slip down and have to, like, because there's a bit where he's like looking at the battery. And it's like, I wouldn't starve, but I'd have to, like, snow shovel and do demeaning jobs. So I'll whisk my son's life in this insane hotel that choked him. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: oh, well, that's fine. You know, you wouldn't that- want to put yourself out, Jack. Don't worry a- about it. <laughs>
1: absolute fear of class, and that he'd lose his middle class status, and he'd lose, um, he'd like slip down the ladder, and people would judge him, and he'd like be viewed as this man with promise that has never lived up to. Mm. And even his promise, I loved the bit where, like, when he, he got like a couple of um, stories published in a magazine, and he's like, "I'm a success." Yeah, and Wendy was like are you just a loser writer? Because if this is the <laughs> success you're going to make, getting some shitty stories published in a city, shitty magazine, and this is like the best thing you can imagine. And they go out on a massive a fucking, bender because yeah.
0: they like to celebrate. You're still a
1: failure of a writer.
0: Oh, <laughs> um,
1: Anyway, so that was the thing I really picked up on it this time. and I
0: imagine Maybe it was more of a thing in the 70s. I imagine it's like probably more of that classistness. Yeah, I don't know whether that's the same today. I'm not
1: sure, but it's I'd difficult
0: like... to say because we literally both. Well, have you been to America, haven't you? No. Oh, you've been to Canada. Canada, yeah, yeah. but I, I was only four. Y- yeah, true. You can't imagine establishing much of a. Hey, look at cultural... this um,
1: <laughs> class system in Canada. I was more like
0: mummy. <laughs> and also, Canada <laughs> imagines dad? a very, very different place to America? Anyway, so I don't know. Neither of us can really comment.
1: Can I walk home now? No. It's fucking billion miles away, son. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so what happens there? oh he throws away the the battery for the snowmobile and then he says sorry guys the ba- snowmobile's out and uh and then oh we we forgot to mention about the hedge creatures yeah
1: which the fucking weeping angels from Doctor Who are such a rip off of
0: they actually are but I loved it it yeah. was like such an like So creepy, and that that was the creepiest part in the book for me. Really? Yeah, I'll tell you the
1: creepiest bit of mine later.
0: Oh no, I just there's
1: two bits that scare me in that. Not scare me, but make me go like.
0: I I really didn't like the 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 head creatures. They were really creepy because in uh, I'll touch like on the film in the film there's a hedge maze. That's all I'll say on it. In the book there are head creatures which are like animals cut like hedges cut into the shape of animals. I
1: have a bit of a tangent here.
0: You have a tangent. Yeah. Why?
1: Oh, I'm just gonna say it. Um, so my friend's parents moved into this house that I walk past every single day to get home. Yeah. And it's got um these two outside. It's got like a bunny rabbit hedge feature and a, um, another bunny, like two uh-huh. sides of the driveway. Yeah. And like people love those bunnies. So like when and um the parent the friend's parent is a bit of a curmudgeon. Anyway, so people when they moved in they're like, Oh, are you gonna keep the bunnies? He's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and <laughs> he went out like the first day he moved in and just chainsawed the head off. <laughs> <laughs> head off, and they're like every time I walk past us, just these two balls without heads. And just like, oh,
0: wow, poor bunnies. He 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 you it. like, yeah, I'm I was not falling for this one. It's a bit of a Jack Torrance moment. That is like, yeah, yeah, I'll keep them. Destroys the <laughs> heads of them. That's what I thought was he was going to happen when they were introducing the head creatures, and they were basically saying, "Oh, you have to keep them shorn down, you know, so they don't lose their shape." And he was explaining this all to Danny. And I thought, oh, he's going to go crazy and like lop them off, basically. But he loves the hotel. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's why he doesn't in the end. But that's why I thought yeah. he would, that that's where it was going, and it, obviously it wasn't. Especially
1: after they keep moving. Yeah, I'll that's teach the, you.
0: That's the creepy thing. They keep uh, they keep moving, and like it's obviously kind of a way of the hotel. Kind of, they're like the guardians of the hotel. Yeah. They like keep the people in, and um, and yes, yeah, so, they, like he's. Like doing something in the garden, like cleaning up and that sort of thing. And then, like, these hedge creatures are like, he turns around and they've moved. And then, like, every time he looks behind himself, that they've like come a little bit closer and a little bit closer. And then they're doing different things, like the lions now lying down about to pounce. Yeah. Like, it's really, it was really creepy. I love that bit. I thought it was so cool. And then he like escaped back into the manor, which, um, I actually says another whole bit. Danny also sees these things. He sees the woman in the tub. And then he also sees the head creatures move.
1: I just forgot to say earlier, but the woman in the tub chapter among horror fans is considered to be one of the scariest chapters of any book ever written. Really? Like you ask any horror fan and they're like, like a hardcore horror fan who's read like a lot of horror books, like myself. Hmm. Like, they're like, oh, what's one that really stands out to you? Be like, woman in the tub, woman in the tub.
2: Yeah. Like it's the way Jack
1: saw Horror. It's the sound where he's like, he hears the thumping and the dragging because it's not like, oh, there's a naked woman, but it's this. You just imagine this, like.
0: Because he doesn't, like, see her. Because he, no. he tries to keep her out of view. Yeah. And he knows that there's something moving behind the um the shower curtain, yeah. but he intends to not see it. He, like, he, he turns his back and he's like, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. And nothing then you hear happening. it's, like, walking
1: towards him, but yeah, it's not walking. And he's it's like, like I'm just going to walk
0: fast out of this room and lock the door and run, like, walk away and pretend I didn't see that and he didn't see that he just like puts it out of his mind and they go like no there's nothing in there Danny you're just crazy the
1: bit that really makes me laugh is where he's like literally seconds before that when he's going up the elevator for the first time and he's like me and the hotel are simpatico we're <laughs> buddies It's not even gonna do shit to me
0: and then it's like nope here we are Um but yeah he goes back down to Danny and says like you know this isn't real, you're just the kid imagining things. And same with the hedge creatures, because he sees the hedge creatures moving towards him, and so does Danny. And then, but again, like, Danny sees through his mind using The Shining. It's like, you did see the creatures yeah. move. You did see uh, the woman in the tub. But and then just, he slapped them. He's just trying to it, completely put it out of his mind and go like, no, no, you're just crazy. And Danny's like, you did see them, though. You have seen this. You're lying. Which I thought was really interesting, because as a child, that was kind of like, a child says what they see, but yeah. then obviously they've got active imaginations and can make stuff up. But then it was almost like the reverse of that, that the the father's making stuff up and making up that it's not yeah. real, but he can and does know that it exists, which I thought was very interesting.
1: But also leads to Jack slapping him, which I think is the point where it's like, and there's nobody going back from here, because yeah. after that point, the hotel goes insane. Yes. What I love is like, How quickly the hotel like ramps up because like they get snowed in, and then they're like, ah, maybe this will be fine. And then literally the next day they're like, it's always a party in here. Streamers, (laughs) dogmen, fucking
0: yeah. Oh, the yeah, the streamers like appearing out of nowhere and they're like physically there. Like it doesn't wait at all. It's like
1: right, they're snowed in now. Let's go insane.
0: Yeah, literally, like let's just throw all the toys out the pram.
1: Uh, uh, So the bit before Danny sees the um, hedge creatures move always makes me laugh. Because to me, the bit before is, like, monumentally scarier. But then, like, for me, I don't find the hedge creatures that scary because I was so scared from the f- bit before. Right. Uh, I'm just like, okay, hedge creatures, fine. I don't um, know, I really like the hedge the creatures, they so creepy. bit before where he's, like, in that little... um. So when I was growing up, I lived in the New Forest, and there was this, like, tunnel under this hill, which is exactly the same thing that Danny, like, concrete tunnel under a hill that you could, like through right i don't know why that was amazing to me i was like i'm <laughs> under a hill but that, like exactly the same thing that danny was calling like through. some
0: weird world war ii kind of yeah. tunnel and leftover thing it gets
1: snowed in and he starts to think like oh there's a dead thing in here with me and it's coming towards me and it's like a special horror that the hotel's saved for me and if it grabs me it's going to drag me down into the dark that was very and he's cool. desperately trying to get through the snow but it's like fucking hard snow and he's just trying as much as he can and then he like escapes and, like, this bit is the bit that caused me to hit my mum in the face. Um,
0: <laughs> Accidentally, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what happened as I was reading <laughs> the this.
0: The hotel didn't come out of the pages and try and possess you. I was
1: reading this bit, and I was only 15. And, you know, you don't have such a lexicon for horror when you're 15. I probably watched, like, one horror movie in my life. Mm. Um, 16 I was. I'd watched, like, 100 horror movies. But only, like, weird, silly 80s horror movies, you know? Not, like, proper yeah. scary ones. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so I was, like, reading this, and it was, like, one in the morning, and I was, fucking out of it like i was half asleep while reading but i couldn't stop and it was like just him digging through and then he got out anyway mum came in and but she didn't knock or anything she just came and she's like well, i go to bed i screamed and i just flung the book i don't know why like, i don't know what i thought i was doing but it just made me jump so much because i was so not scared but i was just so into the narrative yeah, it's and so, then like it's this creepy. door opened and i was just like oh my god and threw <laughs> the book threw anyway book it her. hit her in the face <laughs> and she's like what the fuck is wrong with you
0: yeah I why understand. would you
1: do that i, was like, I didn't mean to there was a boy in a tunnel, how
0: that
1: <laughs> A boy in a tunnel. What was I meant to do?
0: <laughs> oh, that was a very good bit in the book. I really enjoyed that. The spooky scariness. And it was like, he never saw what was coming after him, no, but, but he knew. does look just around
1: and he thinks he saw like a hand like, so he stopped fall back.
0: Oh, and it's, oh my God. It's so, very... This
1: is the best thing okay. about the book. It's not scary. Like I'm not sitting there being like, I'm terrified. No. But it gives you like, sh- for me, it gives me like little shivers where you're just like, and then he saw the hand like slowly withdrawing. And you're like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's creepy. Be, yeah,
0: yeah. very um, goose, goose bumpy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then it starts to go insane. Like Jack's having long dialogues and like sort of visions of being in the hotel when it was in its splendor and all these people dancing and with masks on. And, yeah, he's talking to the bar person again. And then he meets up with the old caretaker, the one that murdered his family.
1: Who's speaking in a British accent. I don't know if that's in the book. I think it's just like he's speaking in a posh accent in the book. Yeah, because he he was meant to be, like, a rough kind of, like, working class. Yes. Bit uneducated dude.
0: And that's what he said in the book. He's like, oh, you were meant to be, like, someone who didn't even complete high school. And that's
1: so terrifying to me. The hotel, like, just changed him into what it wanted him to be. It's like, no, he's posh.
0: yeah. Or, or was it more that he gave him what he wanted? Yeah,
1: that's what I wonder too. Because he wanted to be educated, so it's like, uh, now look, look at him.
0: Yeah, exactly, clever man. That's what I thought it was—that yeah. he was given what he wanted to be. Oh, the hotel provides sir, type thing. So uh,
1: again, my favourite bit is where he's like, and the hotel, you're a true scholar, Jack, looking through your milk receipts. <laughs> it will provide you all the um, history of the hotel. What I so like, what metaphor I always thought was quite good is the. Um, as soon as he starts looking through the history of the hotel, he starts getting hangover symptoms.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: and he's like, oh, if I just keep looking through this, I'll find the answer, I'll find the answer. And I always thought that was like a metaphor for drinking in the fact that you're like, if I just get like a bit more drunk, or like if I just, I won't, I'll stop drinking, but if I could just, I know if I just get like the right kind of drunk, then I'll be okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's sort of the same, like mm. where he keeps, it's like, you know, the looking for the message of life in the bottom of, of a bottle. He's like, I'll get drunk and it'll be okay. It'll all make sense because I'll be drunk. And it's sort of the same with him looking through that. He's like, oh, he he's keeps eluding me. But you keep drinking there. because you're like, I'm not okay. But if I keep drinking, it'll fill that hole. And he keeps stuff and I'll, I'll find the answers eventually. Mm. But I just like use the drinking to get through it. And it's the same thing where he's like, I haven't found the answers to the hotel, but I'll keep looking because they are there. Yeah. And even though it's, you know, it's the looking for that through the thinking that's making him feel terrible. And it's the drinking that's making you feel terrible. I always like that.
0: I like that. That's pretty cool. But then it's also like the hotel being like, stop doing this. You're wasting time. Yeah. And also, it's giving him a hangover. And then he's needing to have all these painkillers, which he's chewing, which I found very disgusting. Grim. Yeah. Uh, imagery to like chew a I pain once killer. accidentally
1: chewed a paracetamol because I thought it was a tic tac.
0: Oh, I was no! really drunk.
1: <laughs> and I had like a bunch of tic tacs in my pocket. And I also had some paracetamol because I had a headache. Anyway, so I was like,
0: hmm. Oh, a tic tac.
1: Yeah. Anyway Oh funny um, So like the um, Paracetum was powdery If you accidentally bite into it Yeah uh, So like it went all around my mouth Because I spat it all out After I realised So like I got all this powder Around my mouth Ugh. And I was trying to get back Into a club Because I left my coat in there Oh my god and, No um, like you're doing cocaine like, I'm not, Yeah he was He was like Mate you got fucking powder Cocaine All around your fucking mouth I'm like not letting you, you in out, I and, swear. Yeah I said that And he was like Right That's still not good though Is it mate <laughs> Oh, no, you do have a the point there.
0: I love that. I love how, like, down to earth we is It's like, yeah, no, you're just not getting in. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> it's not a good look. <laughs> then I
1: text Charlotte. I was like, can you bring me my coat out? She's like, yeah. <laughs>
0: At least you go out of it. Hmm? At least you go out of being in a club.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Didn't want my coat, though. It's chilly. It was like yeah. November. <laughs> then Charlotte's doing like, fucking ages taking my coat out. I was standing there for half an hour. And then she's like, you're good to get home. I'm having fun. Off you <laughs> go. <I was laughs> Off like, you go. Guess so. like, oh god and um, then he's like so
0: then the hotel like gets him drunk yeah by like I don't know how it manages to do this but it like because like and at that point you're kind of realizing what can it do versus what can't it do because that is, definitely seems like a magical manifestation yeah
1: this is again a Stephen King thing that I think if you asked him this he'd be like who the fuck gives a shit <laughs> Like the po- like, it's like, it's one of these big debates amongst Stephen King fans. Is the alcohol real or is it magic? Is the alcohol there or is it magical? Right. But I think Stephen King would be like, it doesn't fucking matter. Right, He's yeah. still so, like, the second he had a drink, that's when he sells him his salt at the hotel. Yeah. Um. Who the fuck cares? But Stephen King could, like, I love him as an author because he's just like, I don't give a shit about any of this stuff <laughs> to the point where sometimes it's a little frustrating. Yeah. You're like, maybe, maybe you should. Yeah, like, like, at no. least have
0: some answers. Yeah. Because in some ways he's like, oh yeah, it's a very deep and complex narrative that I'm weaving. And in other words, he's kind of like, oh, whatever, just work it the fuck out. It yeah. doesn't matter. So yeah.
1: That's such a, like, yeah, that is such a Stephen King thing. of like, <laughs> work it the fuck out. I don't care.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm just writing it. you got to interpret it. It's like, so
1: I love him in interviews where people like really start to ask him like deep, dark power questions. <laughs> about like the law of it is like i don't know
0: i don't remember no i, I was so coked up
1: <laughs> it's not even that he doesn't remember he's just like i don't give a shit i don't
0: care i didn't write that for a reason yeah, i would I was have just, told you if i had it i was
1: just writing shit and it's in there and you do what you want with it <laughs> i couldn't care less what you do with it mate i love it i love him so much it's amazing me and chris were talking about um people would be sad if they died like celebrities but you know me i'm a notorious not notoriously, no one gives a shit um <laughs> in my own mind if people cared about my opinions i'd be notoriously <laughs> um like i don't really care when celebrities die even celebrities i like
0: mm-hmm.
1: apart from david bowie and stanley yeah. they got me but i was thinking about like what celebrity would get me the most if they died and it's definitely stephen king
0: mm, yeah i i can see that i'm sure a lot of people would be very cut up
1: yeah i think like is there something so intimate about reading a book as opposed to a movie a movie is a team effort and like yeah tv series are a teamwork
0: it's no one's Actual, yeah. just their pure vision.
1: Well, book's just so one-to-one. Yeah. And, like, the editor has some say, but it's still, like, some, you know, it's coming out of a person's brain and being crammed in yours.
0: Yeah, I like that. <laughs> coming out of a person's brain and being crammed into yours. Yeah, really <laughs> sexual. But anyway. Yeah, it's it. Bit... <laughs> um, So, we also haven't mentioned the boiler.
1: Oh, yeah, it creeps.
0: It does. It creeps. He has to keep going down to the boiler you... to like releasing the pressure so Again, that it doesn't blow up. I
1: ask, why would anyone take this job? Of yeah. like, you have to do this twice a day yeah. or you'll literally blow up.
0: Or, or you'll die. Yeah. yeah. You'll literally be incinerated uh, in an inferno.
1: As someone with diagnosed dyslexia, dyspraxia, and ADHD, <laughs> I would be dead within two weeks. <laughs> I'd be like, like, oh, no, I forgot. It
0: something I had to do. What was it? <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, this whole thing, he's always checking the boiler. He's always telling it about the boiler and it creeps and he has to go back down and then checking it off and it, like making the, uh, doing the release valve or whatever. And then like, then he goes insane because he gets drunk and then he starts coming after Wendy and Danny. Um, and then they manage to take him out essentially. And then he, he goes unconscious and they lock him in the pantry and then obviously while this is all happening it's not mentioned in the book but then in the back of my mind I'm like they haven't chucked the boiler in a while yeah
1: and it's so it's like again it's one of my favourite things of Stephen King where it's like he keeps referring to it as the thing that was forgotten but also Danny like at the like halfway through the book there's like a bit where he's like there's gonna be a thing that's what forgotten Danny had a picture of the boiler and, like, <laughs> and then it still is. keeps going on about it like it's a mystery it's like no he, <laughs> He literally just said it.
0: Yeah, and that was like kind of the own ty- only time sense of a thing that needed to be like addressed. Yeah,
1: Stephen King theory. cannot do mysteries. It's one of my favourite things about him where he tries to and then he's just like,
0: nah, He just tells you immediately. Yeah. It's like a kid like, who knows a secret. It's like, it's a secret, I can't tell you, but it's this.
1: He is like that. If you read any more of his books, you'll see how accurate that is. Whereas in The Dark Tower, uh, one of the characters gets pregnant and she's like, oh man, how do I tell them? And, then, and she's like, I think I'll keep it a secret till I know more. And then literally the next page she's like, we got to sit down. I have to talk to you guys. <laughs> I'm pregnant, yeah?
0: I love it. That's amazing. But
1: as some, I kind of hate stories. I mean, it's different because like, I don't mind mysteries. But I hate stories where the characters don't talk to each other. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm just, yeah, like, yeah. Because I find it so frustrating. And in like every Stephen King character, there's not really misunderstandings because all they fucking do is talk to each other.
0: <laughs> I don't know. There does seem to be sort of like quite a, a lot of animos- animosity between uh jack and wendy oh yeah
1: no i mean he tries to kill her that's yeah, pretty yeah. animus
0: Pr- pretty pretty but much it's uh, not
1: because there's misunderstandings no
0: that's that's true like, they're actually. all on the
1: same level he just yeah. fucking hates her because she tried to make him stop drinking and yeah exactly. he hates he tried women to make his
0: life better yeah, yeah. damn you
1: fucking bitch trying to stop me from <laughs> yeah. drinking
0: and that's the whole thing that that's why i think it's very the whole thing is very interesting because obviously like he's trying to you know she is trying to do white right by him and he is trying to like you know she's trying to get him a better life and, and she loves him but like obviously all he feels towards the, the end is just hatred.
1: One of the funniest it's not funny but it made me laugh is where <laughs> like all through the book he's like oh, I there's a bit in I think about a third way through where he's like I would never uh, yeah it's after Danny has like choke marks he's oh, like yeah. I would never hurt Danny where you broke his arm yeah like and you, he's you, like, did,
0: you, you did though
1: well I'd never hurt anyone sober he's beat a kid half to death And then he's like, Well, I'd never hurt someone sober now slapped him around the face. Yeah. (laughs) And then at the end of the book where he's like gone back on the drink, he's like, Wow, man, I'd never hurt Danny.
0: But he'd come here so I can kill him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I'd never hurt Danny. I've got control of my drinking now. And you're like, Oh no, that guy's lost (laughs) lost his fucking mind.
0: Yes. So I'm trying to like think of a way of sort of summarizing this, but they.
1: Oh, we missed the whole bit where Danny was like, Dick, come oh, help yeah. me.
0: So uh, Danny uses his uh, shining to um, project his voice to try and get Dick Halloran back. And then. Dick I can't Halloran...
1: believe people are just called Dick. Like, if I ever have a kid, but it's I'm... Richard, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm not but... calling them Richard though. Like, <laughs> I just don't see how they can be okay with that. Yeah. Well, but no one seems to think it's a funny thing. No. I got bullied so much for having the same name as a character for Simpsons. And there's people called Dick just wandering around and there's no puns there.
0: <laughs> that's true. I feel like you have to be fairly self-assured to mm. to call yourself Dick and like be...
1: Maybe that's why parents do it. It's like
0: yeah. far by far. That's it, yeah.
1: <laughs> not get badly for your name, you'll be all right.
0: And um, so he calls out. And Mr. Hanaran starts his long, arduous journey back from Florida.
1: But I have to say, arduous is the right word.
0: Oh, God. He has to, like, he misses his flight. Then he gets pulled over by the police. Then he has to get on another flight. And he has to, like, fly business class. I love the weird
1: (laughs) liberal conspiracy theorist woman he's on the plane with. Oh, yeah. She's like, how's the metal thing in your head? And he's like, oh, yeah, fine. He's like, a pity. And then she's like, do you want to go have sex? He's like, nah, I got something to do. And she's like, is it making the country better? He's like, yeah. She's like, cool.
0: That's it then. Yeah. yeah. But I thought,
1: I don't know, it's just such a weird character for Stephen King to be like, tense, 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 weird, horny, older woman <laughs> who's a liberal and hates the CIA. Tense, tense, tense,
0: scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Just a little aside there. But then that was meant to be like a whole thing because she was a shine as well. Yeah, so yeah. they like had a... a- shine conversation
1: I just think he'd read like a newspaper on MK Ultra and was like
0: this is insane <laughs> I need to get this in here is that somewhere? what it
1: out in the 70s with yes. the MK Ultra stuff mm. so I think he was just like
0: I need to
1: get this in no yeah people need to know <laughs> holy woman
0: <laughs> you can be the bearer of this story and, uh, and then he wrote
1: went, went on to write Firestarter which was basically a critique of m k ah Ultra. interesting another no, one I haven't book.
0: read and then he gets off the flight then he he finally he has to put like hire a car then he drives it a certain way then he has to have chains put on the so car i say this is a flaw
1: <laughs> of Stephen King where he almost gets obsessed with the minutia yeah
0: literally um, it's like and then this happened and then he had to put chains on the car and then he was like driving and then the radio and was in a way it does it build
1: was... tension because yes, by the time he gets there you're like
0: oh my you're, god you're almost
1: breathless for it you're like yeah. oh my god but...
0: <laughs> but it's like four chapters of him trying to he does like... that
1: in every like there's books like there's page like chapters of books in his Novels, where it's just like a character trying to re, um, like, rewire a TV, and it goes on. And he's like, oh yeah, he didn't know how to do this bit, so he went down to the library, and then it describes the train hard trip down to the library. He bought a book on electricity to like work out the. bit He didn't know. <laughs> then he read the book, and you're like, oh. My God, and you're I,
0: like, do I need to know this really, do I? Because yeah. <laughs> they basically could have been like, oh, Mr. Halloran showed up and it, it had uh, taken him like 21 hours to get there, but it he was, did yeah. it. And but, it's like, no, let me describe each one of those 21 hours in excruciating detail. But I also
1: think it makes you feel how tense the situation is, yes. too. It's, it is for a reason, like as much as I mock it. And then all, all the way like, along. Every like, little annoyance, you like, yeah. oh, my God, like, just get this that. dad's going to kill his fucking son. And you like <laughs> realize how fucking tense it is in the hotel. Because you're like, yeah. if any second is lost, we're fucked.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I do like all the way along, like he meets all these shine people as he goes. And it's almost like it. they're all offering him like a get out of jail free. And it's yeah. like, oh, well, you know, it's going to take forever to put change on your car. But why don't you just stop? You know, why don't you just, don't worry about them. Like, are they really worth it type thing? And he was always, he's always like, yes, yes. And, oh, and he misses his flight. And then the policeman is like, oh, well, you missed the fight. You know, do, do you really need to get there? Is it really that important? And he's like, yes, yes, it is. So all the way along, he like almost has his get out.
1: But- and I love that he doesn't really want to do it either. No. He's like, you know, they're just white people who are probably a bit nicer. Yeah. Oh, and then he's like, no, but the boy, you like the boy. Yeah. You know, I can molest him later. <laughs>
0: No, you're no. mean
1: but it's just the worst so much but it's where he's like do you want some ice cream <laughs> let's I'll go give you some cream son you're like oh Jesus
0: <laughs> but yeah no he's a good kid I really like him and then he like shows up he's and... in it he's it easy. yeah what I've got a crossover
1: kind of yeah but well, it's a shared universe
0: I guess so, but yeah, I just... Why was he... Well, I mean, I will well, read, read it, it, and, it <laughs> and I'll find out. Okay, well yeah, yeah. that gives me more, like, you know, I want to know why he's He's not a it.
1: major character, yeah, but he is in it.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, so he spends a long old time getting there and he finally gets there. And uh, and then the hedge creatures come after him first.
1: Also, this is my own flaw I do have with the book. Mm. I like I I feel like a lot of it's been quite subtle, however. Yeah. Um, And then he's... <laughs> He blows up one of the hedge creatures. (laughs) And again, it's Stephen King and like his worst, for me, his worst instincts. He's just like, he likes the subtle horror and he will put the work in. But he's also a bit of a schlocky writer where he's like, (laughs) and then they blow up.
0: Uh, Yeah, because he manages to get petrol on them and then set them on fire. I thought it was a really cool moment though.
1: It's seconds away from him being like... Like literally shoving the thing down their throat, and then having a gun for some reason, and like shooting the thing with the gun, and then <laughs> it blowing up, and being like, "Go to," you know what I mean, that yeah. action movie yeah, yeah, moment does, with it, like an alien or something, it does and you're like, "Go to hell, you bastard!" Yeah, that's
0: it, and then,
1: <laughs> and then like walking
0: away from the flame. <laughs> it was it was a very cool moment. So he gets into the hotel. And then he realizes that everyone's gone insane and then he tries to find Danny and Wendy and
1: we haven't spoken about how insane the hotel is going but it so like there's a little...
0: Well yeah it all starts going crazy and there people walking around yeah, and there's it's like, like a the dog costume guy like Danny's trying to get past the stairs but the man in the dog costume won't let him and <laughs> yeah like it really goes it starts going off on the rails very quickly.
1: But I just I l- I love how weird it is because it's not like oh, and then the hotel's like there was dead people walking around the hotel. Yeah, it's like oh, then there was a party from the fifties. <laughs> yeah, the twenties.
2: No, ago. I think it was like
1: the twenties actually. There was a party. From yeah, the, it was a long time ago. Yeah, from the twenties, yeah. and you're like, why is this like this? Isn't horrifying? It's not like dead people or like it's not blood zombies. Or, or zombies yeah, or anything. Yeah. But it's almost so much more disturbing. It's like the
0: merging of, this, of worlds. Yeah,
1: of this laughing, like and everyone's laughing and almost too gleeful. And yeah. It's just, it's so creepy. Um, And I love the fact that there's allusions to Alice in Wonderland, like it's mentioned a couple of times. Or that they're really going down the rabbit hole as right. this hotel just ins- descends into insanity. Mm. Where it's like, you know, the Mad Hatter's party where it's like, change places, change places. And that's sort of what's going on in the party. Yeah. Where everyone's just partying forever but there's it's just madness because they're in this horrible their souls are trapped in this entire evil place mm. and there were nothing but the hotel's puppets but they were all just partying ever forever and ever
0: mm. scary
1: yeah it's disturbing
0: i yeah. love it it's good and uh then mr halloran mm. uh i i it was a bit of a blur for me this bit because like he manages to find danny and wendy and then like like there's a big scuffle between not Jack and what Wendy. Happens.
1: There's a scuffle between Jack and Wendy. Yeah, and he like hurts like, her with
0: the, the yeah. And then she mallet. passes out,
1: then he realizes Dick's there. Then he hits him in the side of the face.
0: Right, yeah. And then
1: Dick like is like, oh man, I'm bad at this, and dies, but not dies. Like collapses.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: then he goes after Danny.
0: Yeah, that's it. And then like the whole thing is like the hotel wants Danny because he has to shine, and then like the hotel will be able to extend its reach. With that ability, because like if he absorbs that ability, then he'll be able, the hotel will be able to like do so much more. Yeah, I love more. the
1: idea that the p- hotel was at one point, ju- like like Dick said, like just something that could show scary pictures, but wasn't really anything. And then Danny gets in there and it's like,
0: Oh, now it's oh, I'm real. supercharged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like now I can actually manifest things yeah. into, into real life. And uh yeah, and then you explain it because it was very much a whirlwind for me. So you explain what happens. We haven't
1: really spoken about in the book. Jack does love his kid. I just yeah. want to say that bit. Oh, like yeah, that's the thing.
0: That's what it was very... That was a discrepancy from the film. Like, I, every
1: moment he has a clear thought of, like, we have got to get out of this fucking place, it's always him looking at Danny. Yeah. If he's looking at Danny, he's like, oh, my God, I've got to get out of here. Yeah. And then when he turns away, it's like, but I'm the caretaker. Yeah, yeah People yeah. don't <laughs> understand my responsibilities. So whenever
0: he's looking at Danny, he's like, oh, he's my son, I must protect yeah, him. Yeah. And he does and, really love him. Like, even
1: when he, he is a dick, yeah. But he does try his absolute best to be a good father. Like he like before he did quit drinking and he tried not to hit Danny and all of that stuff. Mm. Um so yeah, so he attacks Wendy, beats her up with a hammer, uh, then she passes out, then he goes whacks Dick in the face. And then he like gets to Danny. And again, it's a mix between his being possessed by the whole uh, oh. I want to ask this question. How much... like, But we will talk about it at the end. Okay. Because I have some questions I want to ask. Right. Um, But anyway, so he's maybe being possessed by the hotel. And also there's some father in there. And there's also some weird character from his play. Because he's like the head oh, teacher yeah. from his play. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then Danny's like, you're not my dad. And he's like, oh, yes, I am. And he's like, nah. Oh, because and-
0: also, before this, Wendy has actually... Fully stabbed him.
1: Yeah, he's he should be dead.
0: He's wandering around with a knife, yeah. like in the hilt, like in his back. And she's and also like sliced around. his
1: hands with a razor. Yeah, like she's and done like a he's lot covered in blood. Like he should be dead, really. Yeah. Like, um. So it's like it, at least at this point, there's like it is. You know, it's not all him.
0: No, and, and that's at that point. I it is within this bit of the book where he actually I think dies. Yeah. Or at least his body dies. And then the hotel is at this point just possessing him.
1: But then he's like, you're just a hotel. Anyway. And then there's a bit where he goes and I was uh, please don't repeat this if anyone knows where I work. Um I was listening to this while I was at my job. Um and there's a bit where he's like, I love you, Danny. Run and I started to like get well up a little bit. Aww. And I was like serving a customer and I was like, don't don't let them know you're listening to something and they're like you okay i was like yep yeah yeah, i'm fine i I, I mean let's not overstate it i wasn't like crying but it does get me a little bit where something about good fathers really makes me sad who knows why um no no psychological issues there um (laughs) but yeah where he's like i love you danny one and then like danny um runs i know he's like oh yeah you forgot about and oh he's like i love you danny one and then like the whole um he picks this Mallet up and smashes him in the face Which I think is the hotel killing Jack
2: Right yeah it's At yeah.
1: first I read it like That was Jack trying to kill the hotel But I don't think that is what it is mm. I think it's like Oh This is the last bit of this person's soul I'm gonna bash it the fuck in mm. And then Danny's like You know what you forgot about The boiler Yeah
0: Oh yes that old And sing. I love
1: the hotel's reaction Especially with the narrator He's like Oh he's almost disgusted It's like Oh no it's,
0: oh, oh dear Oh god Oh yeah we did Shit yeah. <laughs> I love it It was good
1: and then he like, yeah, rushes past and then he's too late. And then the hotel blows up.
0: Yeah, and they, they then... get out. Like Danny and Wendy and Mr. Halloran get out. And then he they take the snowmobile.
1: And, and there's a weird bit where oh, yeah, Halloran's that... like in the shed. Yeah, because like...
0: they go to the shed to like, because um, they're basically out there with normal clothes on and it's like minus 30 degrees outside and the snow. And uh, so he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, like we should probably go get some coats or whatever. And um so they go into like, It's like a little gameskeeper hut, I think, isn't it? And it has some blankets in there. So they try and like wrap Wendy and Danny up in the blankets. And then like these thoughts start coming into his narrative, even though the hotel is like fully exploded now. um, They're going like, oh, well, you know, why should they leave? Why do they get to leave? It was all their fault in the beginning.
1: I don't like that bit.
0: Mm. For
1: reasons we'll go into later, but I'll put a note in this. I'm going to moan about it. Okay. Uh, after I ask you some of the questions I want okay, to okay that's cool and then they get down and they live happily after after they, yeah basically or do they read yeah, the sequel
0: well I don't know because I don't even know there was a sequel so that's exciting in like
1: six months can I ask to read the sequel and we'll do a book club on that it's still yeah, only 400 yeah. pages it's not one of his longer ones
0: is it as gripping
1: no but the film's amazing <laughs>
0: oh okay well maybe the film will be so better.
1: it'll be like the opposite was Danny too smart for a five year old
0: yes, yes 100% okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> then that's why I thought it. I thought that was To do with his power.
1: Yeah, it is. Because, like, I think Stephen King retroactively realised he wrote him too smart and then every kid with The Shining is just a stupid genius. Oh,
0: okay, yeah.
1: And he's like, yeah, they're all special kids.
0: Right, right, yeah. It makes sense because, like, he... But then it does make sense because he can see into other people's minds. He could be a bit more worldly because he literally has, like, you know, he can look into other people's minds and see what they're thinking. But there
1: are some bits where he's like philosophizing. And you're yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like, hang
0: mm. on a moment. You're five.
1: <laughs> okay. So how culpable do you think Jack is? And how culpable do you think the hotel is? And at the end, one bit that I always wonder about is when the mum was and Danny were like, it's not Jack. It's the hotel. The hotel's possessed him. And you're like, has it though?
0: I like Be- to think like, you know, the way that he was describing it in the book as Yes, it was the hotel yeah. but I don't think Jack if they remained not in the hotel even if they went to a hotel in similar situations, but it wasn't the the evil wasn't there yeah I don't think he would have hurt his wife I don't think he would have hurt like or maybe he would have hurt them, but it would have just been like a smack in the face type yeah. thing. it wouldn't have been like I'm literally trying to kill you, yeah, that's so I think it was he was there he, like it it was but then also the whole thing with Mr howe and it was kind of like. If it's so easy to sway someone... See, this is
1: why I don't like that part. Mm. Because I feel like the book is a brilliant character study of an egocentric man who hates himself, who is filled with self-loathing. And it's also a book of generational trauma, how abuse gets passed down the lines, and almost a sort of like um, toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. People talk about toxic masculinity like it's a new... Thing. I guess but, it's a new
0: phrase, but it's yeah, always but been that there. Book,
1: that was to- like a lot of that book is about toxic masculinity, about yeah. Jack's responsibility and how tiring he finds the idea that he has to be the patriarch of the household mm. and how he has mm. to be the cuphouse and to keep it running, but he knows he's a mess and he knows everyone hates him and he knows he's useless. Or he at least believes all those things. And yeah. he's like, How the fuck am I meant to raise a family? How the fuck am I meant to be a leader when I am just Falling apart at the seams, mm. and I just want to fucking drink. Can I yeah. get rid of my fucking family so I can have a fucking drink? Mm. Um, and that's like, well, that's ta- toxic masculinity oh, being absolutely. written about back in like the 1970s. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's not, it's not like a new thing where we know that like we live in a patriarchy and it sort of drives men mad and causes people not to care about women. Yeah. Um. Anyway, how's uh, <laughs> my point?
0: Uh, about how the hotel. Oh wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So it's
1: all about all those things. And I find that like, oh, that's such a, where does the hotel end? How much is it like Jack going insane because it's unravelling all his deepest insecurities? Yeah. And how much of it is the hotel actually possessing him? And then you get to the end and it's like, hotel's evil, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, 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 to anyone but then that's like oh why did i just read 400 fucking pages of
0: this (laughs) i mean yeah i totally see where you're coming from. like and it was like it was the right set of circumstances for the hotel because he was a deeply unseated character who was able to be infiltrated in the way that he was so the hotel got in and was able to do the damage that it did one
1: chilling bit i love is when grady's talking to him in the um food cupboard yeah and like wendy's got all those issues with her mum and her her mum was abusive and again a big Theme of that book, I really believe, is generational trauma and how mm. it gets passed down. And it wasn't just passed down by Jack, it was passed down by the mother, and yep. that's why she stayed with Jack, even though she knows she should leave because yeah, she doesn't yeah, yeah. want her marriage to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And how generation trauma will fuck a kid up, yeah. Um, anyway, one bit I really find quite chilling is when, um, they're like talking about Jack and they're like, Your wife's more resourceful than we thought she was, mm. perhaps we should have picked her uh, to be our caretaker. Like, oh, you yeah.
0: shouldn't have been me, it was me. But
1: you wonder what would. Like, is that something that could have happened if the hotel yeah. was like, let's go play on all of Wendy's insecurities mm. and self-loathing. That's maybe we can is, pick her apart.
0: Yeah, because she wasn't really affected by the hotel at no, all. No, but it did she say... Ha- she may- ha- had her own like insecurities, like you said, but she wasn't really like, she never had any murderous intent. Yeah,
1: but it was like, maybe we should have chose her. And it was like, oh, did it, like, when they came in, was it like let's make a choice. Yeah, Let's yeah. see who we can pick apart the better. Yeah. Who's going to be more effective at killing their family? Yeah. I yeah. love that idea that it's just like, now nah, we chose Jack. Mm, like, we mm. wanted him to kill the family. Oh, also, one theme I really did want to talk about that I also picked up in this read that I didn't pick up in the first one mm-hmm. is the idea of the fear of a man being replaced by a child because, like, there's a lot of bits where, like, Jack was looking at Danny who was a lot like him and being like, the hotel wants Danny, but no, I'm... I'm the father. I'm the special one. He
0: wants me. And the The idea that your child could
1: be better than you and I think was a big part of driving him to kill him is like, no, I'm.
0: I'm the special one. And I think that's
1: something like a fear that a lot of people probably have is Mm. that their kids are going to grow up better than them. And like,
0: That's so interesting because like, that's what I, you know, would always assume having a child was like is that you actually want them to be better than you. Not
1: if you've got an ego like Jack.
0: (laughs) No, apparently not, yeah. Who
1: has to call up Mr. Olman and be like, I've got one over on you. (laughs) You can fire me and my one last chance of a redemption job? or anything, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i still got one over you.
0: That's so funny. It's true.
1: Anyway, That's I think true. it's a um. So to wrap up, what? Uh, oh, what was the other? So question? So
0: Halaran was like uh being like attacked by the yeah. Hotel anyway, at the end. I think
1: that seems stupid, and it should be cut out because it doesn't I mean, uh, anything. I think it was just Stephen King, uh, yeah, going with his worst impulses of like mm. I'm a horror writer. I want one last scene of horror, but it's so it, like. The
0: but also, if you like think of it in the way like Mr. Halloran was able to just bat those thoughts yeah. aside and then he was like okay we've got the blankets we're leaving and uh, maybe it was just the hotel was in its throes of desperation yeah, because I it think... had just been like executed from its building and I
1: like the idea that it was like the hotel at its most potent yeah. like it's like this was a hotel all yeah. of it like everything is slowly twickled into Jack it's like yeah here's a full force
0: and also like now it's been like exercised from its house yeah. it almost has like more power because it's not within there anymore and everything it was at its strongest because yeah. of danny and danny's still there so like you know you could chalk it up to that and then
1: dick's still like eh. but yeah. yeah and that's
0: the thing he still managed to just go like no that's a bad thing but i'm not going to do that and then go
1: that's sort of how i read it so it doesn't drive me totally insane. Yeah, <laughs> but even from a narrative standpoint, it bugs me because it's like the climax has happened. Like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he's not going to kill them. Yeah,
0: because I thought I, I, genuinely did think like, oh no, is he going to turn around? And then like they're going to have to kill him. Oh, for
1: me, I was like, well, no, because that's just not how stories work. Because there's like a three act structure. <laughs> the hotel's blown up. Everything's yeah, yeah. gone. I did think it, it was. Is, it would be it's done. Yeah, it's over. It would be like, a bit off the rails if yeah. they were going to
0: carry it on.
1: And like, there's just no. That for me, there was no tension left. It's like I've done all the tension just in the book. Now I'm, yeah. I'm good. So I, I just, from a narrative standpoint, I like, I don't like that scene. I don't love it from a theme standpoint. Nah. I just, I just don't like it. That's, That's one of my criticisms of the books.
0: Very good. Did you have any more questions or points um, on the book? I wanted
1: to very quickly talk about whether we think The Shining can count as literature, because there's this big thing about Stephen King. Is he a great American author or is he a schlocky horror writer? Oh. I would say The Shining is probably his most literate. Mm. It's not my favorite, but it's probably in my top three.
0: I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Probably, to be
1: honest, it's probably my second favorite of his. Yeah. Um, and I, but I would say it's his best. Like, hold, right. not my own taste. I think it's his best, and I also think it is his most literate. Like, it has. So, in my literature English degree, it was always like, does it have intertextuality? Where it's like, does it refer to other books and build upon another other books in the um zeitgeist. And it does, it has Edgar Allan Poe's The Rad- Mask of the Red Death, which is a big whiz he's referred to. Mm-hmm. And interestingly misquoted, because in yeah. the Red Death, it's um, the end is, in the book, it's like the Red Death and Master had sway over all, but that's not the quote. Oh, uh, okay. The quote is, uh, had inimitable power over all, or something like that. Oh, right, then. And like, but... Because Jack Torrance isn't that good of an English teacher, he can't remember what the quote is. Uh... Or Stephen King can remember what the quote was.
0: <laughs> that could be either. either <laughs> Couldn't one. be bothered to check. Yeah, interesting. Um, and
1: there's all that like uh, reference to it as unmask, unmask, unmask yeah. and the Red Death is about um, people partying in a castle as the disease ravages the world around them. Is this yeah. the switch prince? And then the Red Death unmasks and it all like represents different stages of the plague. Ah,
0: um, interesting. And that's
1: sort of what is kind of not really happening in The Shining. No,
0: not
2: really.
1: <laughs> I do think there's something about, like, as the party goes on and, like, as the, it, it sinks more down, more it real. becomes more and more plague like that's yeah. just destroying Jack from the inside. Yeah. And that's why they're going unmask, unmask. It also has, like, allusions to Charlie Jackson's uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Is that what it's called? I forget now. Uh, that's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, it is that then. Mm. Um, the book's a lot better than the TV series. Although the TV <laughs> series is done by the guy who did Doctor Sleep, which I love. Oh, okay. Um, I've
0: heard it's very good. On... It is very good. Yeah.
1: Until the last episode, which I think is one of the like, worst last episodes of anything I've ever oh, watched. Oh, yeah, shit! wow. And it also has Alice in Wonderland. I also think, like, if you want to, like, got so many themes, and yes, he does explain the theme of the wasp nest. And also, one of my reasons my favourite horror novel ever mm. is because The Shining keeps being referred to as a wasp nest, and I'm terrified of wasps. wasp. I'm like, this works.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Anyway,
1: so where would you stand? Do you think, like, would you be, like, to an English professor, oh, this book's literature, knowing it might be, like, Stephen King? Ugh, oh, no, he just likes that trashy airport shit. I'm done talking.
0: <laughs> um, I think it's literature, but then I don't think I'm a particularly, like, qualified person to say, because I'm pretty much like, well, if, if it's written down and it's a physical book, then, you know, it, it, can't, it sounds like literature to me, you know? <laughs> it's
1: though- definitely not.
0: Yeah, well, yeah.
1: I refuse to believe. Something like that fucking Judith <laughs> McNaught once and always book. I don't
0: know what could, that
1: is. Oh, it's one of those terrible porn books. Uh, <laughs> ex friend made me made me read. Right,
0: Whereas, right. Where it's like
1: he yawned. He <laughs> could not look more tired unless he yawned. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Anyway, um, yawn. Uh, oh, I guess where do you think it ranks in like? deserving of analysis do you think like you could look at that and be like yeah that's going to deserve to be critiqued and wrote written about in a hundred years I
0: think so do you think
1: it captures some great uh, spirit of the humanity
0: yeah I think it's I, I, I liked it it was an interesting read I really enjoyed the themes and yeah it's got like more substance to it than like a lot of other novels that you read today so yeah I definitely think it's worthy of analysis I think if it's got themes in it and it's something that can be dissected then it's probably literature
1: yeah It's so funny, but Stephen King goes back and forth where he's like, I'm never going to be viewed as a great literate literate writer. Uh. I'm I'm just the schlocky airport writer. And, you know, I'm not pretentious. Who cares? And then he'll write books being like, and then he'll like do things where he's like, no one takes fucking horror seriously. It's ridiculous. (laughs) I've got all these themes in my books. I've written so many fucking books that aren't horror. You know, I've got all this degree. I was a fucking uni teacher from 22. I know what literature is, and I've written it. (coughs) No, I mean, I'm the McDonald's of book
0: writers. (laughs) Yeah. I love it.
1: And I think, okay, so to sum up, what would you give The Shining out of five? Score-wise.
0: I'd say four. Yeah. Because...
1: What are your critiques? What drops it down a star?
0: Only because... Out of my personal rating, I only... Well, I don't know, maybe it's deserving of a five. I say, like, only five-star books are ones that personally change my life yeah. in some way. But maybe it did, because, you know, it was, like, one of the first horror books that I did, and I've really enjoyed it. It's one of the first horror oh, books that, that I've ever... Oh, that reminds
1: cop- me of my last question, sorry. Just interrupt. Did you actually get scared at any point? What... Do you think horror... Because people are like, oh, what's the point of horror books? You're never going to be scared of reading a novel like because you just can't there's no music there's no build up there's no jump scares like do you think horror novel is sort of a redundant genre because it's not going to scare you
0: i don't think so i think like things like i i always feel like there's a, a a particular genre that fits well with a particular media so i always feel like horror fits very well with games because you are experiencing it as the person the horror things are happening to you as you're playing the game it's very easy to project onto the character you can have jump scares but the thing is that you're feeling scared while you're playing the game and it's very like it's a very projection of you being the character so I always think like games and horror are almost like a such such a a lovely combination together um You can say that with film as well, like you know. But I, I, there's something about playing the horror game because you're actually in the horror game and you have to make the decisions instead of just like watching it play out in front of you. I don't know. I just feel that's like a match made in heaven. I don't necessarily feel that it's a match made in heaven with like books because because of all the reasons that you just said.
1: Which is funny because horror books have existed for yeah, I know. so much longer than <laughs> any other medium. So of-
0: Books, but then that's why I think action and film goes together yeah. so well because for though again for the same reasons. But then I, I did find myself, especially during the hedge maze uh, bit,
1: hedge animal,
0: hedge animals. Sorry, not hedge maze. That was in the film. The hedge animals. Um, that was like very. I found that very tense, and that's it. Like that's why I feel that these books, this particular genre of horror, works really well because. It's not meant to jump scare you. Yeah. you're not. It's not trying to jump scare you. It's not trying to like make you throw the book at your mum's face, even though they, that that did t- that worked. <laughs> She's
1: never forgiven me. Sometimes she still brings <laughs> it up as like, oh, "Do you remember that time you threw a book at me?" I was like, "I didn't mean to. It wasn't at you. It was at the ghost.
0: <laughs> it was the ghost that I thought that you were." Um, but yeah, like that's the thing. I don't think a book's ever trying to like jump scare you, but I do feel like the book is trying to like instill a sense of uneasiness in you through its pages and i do think it definitely does that
1: i'd also say one of stephen king's things that he says about horror is yeah fine you're not scared but that you don't (laughs) have to be because horror can be a thing like humans react in a certain way that you can only really talk about if you push them into the extremes of an emotion and where i'm interested in dealing with psychological is the extreme boiling point And how do I push them into that? It's through fucking killer clowns and insane (laughs) hotels, you know? Like, I want to, like... But it's still... I'm still exploring the human condition. I'm still looking into the human psyche and how they would react. And just because they're not fucking eating grapes and reminiscing about their life like real literature doesn't mean that the genre is pointless because it's used. Like, I'm not... The point of Stephen King stories isn't like, like, ooh, what are the ghosts? Like, who... He never actually says what the hotel is
0: no it's like, never actually yeah. descri- written down and described and like,
1: a demon he's never like a demon came up from tartarus from hell <laughs> and then possessed the hotel like that's not the point is uh using it to push the human characters I- into extremes where he can then talk about their reactions yeah and like the extreme how they react to these things which is something like i mean maybe you don't want to use horror and you can use like war but there's still something you need to talk about when you're writing about humans that's still mm grounds for discussion
2: yeah absolutely um
1: and it's just like stephen king is a bit of a fantasy bent because he wrote read like lots of horror growing up and that's how he wants to use the characters to push them into that but i still say they're very remarkable that oh, the shining at least is a very remarkably human analysis
0: oh absolutely yeah i i i will highly recommend the shining book to anyone because i thought i it was a great read and i'm not a horror reader I'm not really a great reader, in, in you know, like I, I mean, I guess I like listen to it, and, you know. That says says volumes. No, but... it doesn't.
1: Like Stephen King would be like, oh, I listen to like I read about fifty books a year, that are them on audiobook.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's true. Like I, I don't necessarily think it's like not I, reading. just no, because I don't to But um, I'm not. I'm just not a big reader of books in general and uh and i really powered through that one book not because of the episode but more more because i actually just wanted to know what happened like yeah i didn't have to read that book in two days we had like f- like three weeks to read it and i literally blasted through it and i was like that was a really thrilling read and i really enjoyed it so yeah highly recommend thought it was great
1: yeah five out of five for five me out of five. <laughs> one of my favorite books of all time definitely in my top five
0: i say it was five for me yeah. actually because i like i said it's difficult to just put something down to like changing your life, and unless like I read a self help book and it's like this one tip change my life forever, which is very rare to happen. But
1: I guess so. Blood Meridian for me by Cormac McCarthy is a five out of five that I read last year. I'm not a different person from having read that, but it did change how I view fiction. Yeah. And view what I want in fiction.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the same for me. It's like it's it's opened a new genre for me, and I thought it was very. Awesome, terrifying read. So yeah, I um, I do, I do agree. Actually, yeah, five stars for me.
1: I didn't say the second bit that really scared me, just really quickly. Okay. The bit where like Wendy looks around and she sees a face in the ice and the on the window, and it's like it's got these black um holes that just go into eternity, and it's a leering psychotic grin. Ugh. Um, and then she like looks again, and it's just ice, and she's oh, like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. And but to me, I've always and thought that, that that's actually what the face of the hotel is.
0: Ah, like for a second, she glimpsed it
1: unmasked.
0: As uh, to quote Red Death. Unmasked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the other bit that really scared me because that's happened to me before sometimes. Uh, like, I've been going to bed and I've drawn my curtains and I've looked outside and there's like ice on the window. I'm like, oh my God.
2: Oh no, mm. oh, no, it's, a no yeah,
1: it's Not
0: fine. a person, don't worry.
1: But in that context, I refuse to believe a weird psychotic grinning thing with black holes is not the hotel.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because
1: again, Stephen King doesn't do subtlety. So <laughs> if anything's the hotel, it all is. It
0: will be that, yeah. So, shall we touch on the film briefly? Oh uh, yeah, yes. Because you told me like, you have to watch the film before we do this episode. You
1: do have to watch the film. Before you do that episode, it's one of the most famous films of all time.
0: Yeah, I, I and mean... And
1: probably the most respected horror film of all time, despite the fetish shit. Spoilers for my thoughts on the film.
0: Me and my brother have this, like, movie club that we've, like, set up between us. And, and now Brian's involved. A, now my dad's involved. So now it's, like, a family movie club event. But did you make
1: them all watch The Shining? <laughs> no,
0: I didn't, <laughs> actually. I just watched that like, on my what, own. What did you think of the scene <laughs> where the,
1: he makes out with the hot woman and then she turns into an yeah, old wadding woman? I know. I, woman. I thought
0: that was very odd. But anyway... Yeah, so we have this movie club that we're like slowly making our way through. And um and I should have put The Shining on there because that's definitely one of the ones that has like we we try to watch stuff that has like references in like modern day life that, you know, we would understand or we would just go over our heads if we hadn't seen the film. So, but definitely The Shining, there's so many references in it and I'm just like, "Oh my god, this should 100% be on the list if no one's seen it before." And I hadn't, but now I've seen it. I didn't think very much of it. Yeah. <laughs> After reading the book, you're like what? It just it veers so violently away. But it's so
1: weirdly close to the book.
0: But is it though? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, sort of.
1: more so than like some movies. Like yeah, I know, for a while it, it's like it's almost like you know the scene where Jack's talking to Lloyd, yeah, um, the bartender. Even though in the book the first time he talks to him he, he is just imaginary. Yeah. But in the film, it in the film it's like almost line for line where he's like white man's yes. burden, my friend Lloyd. Still don't really know what that means. In the book or the film? Nope. Yeah. Um,
0: but he's just like, yeah, no, yeah, that the scene scene for scenes when they decide to take a scene and actually do it correctly. Yes, they are like almost word for word the same.
1: That's it, yeah, that's what I find so weird the, about what, the film.
0: Wildly veers away from the story quite significantly. There's no boiler. Yeah, there's an elevator full of blood. What the fuck's that about?
1: None of that is what bothers me. It's the not... girls
0: are there? Like, why are the girls there? They... Okay, but
1: I do think that scene's awesome. It's <laughs> like, but... And then it cuts to their bodies. Yeah, yeah. oh um... yeah, that
0: is actually pretty damn cool. But and like... the bit when she's on the typewriter, yeah. and then she looks at what he's written, because that's the thing, like, in, in the book, like, he always shows her what he's written, and she reads it, and, and he, like, she collects the papers and reads it and then goes to bed type thing and but then obviously he's like no never look at my writing in the film and then he she reads it and he's written the same sentence over and over and over and over again i thought that was a cool scene yeah
1: same and also that doesn't bother me so much because it needed to show him gradually going insane and i don't think they could like see him looking at the yeah well okay (laughs) Uh, i don't think they could it's like to me that's the representation of him going into the spoiler room and like looking at milk receipts. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like just yeah. the obsession with it, even though it's completely meaningless. Yeah. Like he's lost his mind. Um I don't mind any of the changes you said too much because like they're all like I, I yeah, I understand. I know the they're difference. like
0: visual devices yeah. that work better than like, say Tommy that was really, really hard to not Tommy. What, Tony. Tony, sorry, I Toby. Mind. Well it's not Tony, it's Toby either. <laughs> it's so, Toby. It's not um but yeah like it that was it a lot of the book is narrative. A lot of the book is first-person monologues mm-hmm. within the narrative. Welcome and that's to hard... Stephen
1: King. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's that's hard to get that across. So I can understand, like, the sort of visual aspect yeah. of that. Again, it was also very hard because of that to show how intelligent Danny was as a five-year-old because he just looked He's just like a gormless child <laughs> in the film.
1: I'm Danny. Yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> so annoying.
1: I also don't mind the lack of hedge creatures because I think in 1984, 1986, I don't know, mm. uh, that would have been really hard to do without it looking beyond silly.
0: I don't. Know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Actually,
1: actually, it might Stop have been really easy. Like, you don't even have to show the move, just do no, what just they do in Doctor Who with the Weeping and- Angels.
0: Exactly, and that worked brilliantly. And I yeah. was sad that they had the stupid Hez mage that didn't even really seem to do anything. <laughs> oh, that's
1: one of my favourite, but. Ba- so the film is where like, they go in, Danny and Wendy is set up like this massive maze and like yeah. the way they do it, it just seems like it goes on forever. Like it's a and lab
0: room. Wendy me. and Danny
1: go in it and they're like, oh, and then you're like, oh my God, they're going like, to get lost and it's going to be a real panic and it's starting to start getting cold and they're yeah. out and they're not dressed for it. Yeah. And then they just like, come out. They like, just walk out. Like, yeah. yeah, like, oh yeah, they got to the center and
0: they came out again. It's like, so huh. uh,
1: to finish my thought, none of that bothers me, but what bothers me is there's absolutely no heart. Or soul to any of the characters. No, it completely doesn't do any of the themes of the book. It like I understand the changes, but if like they had any of the themes, any of the,
0: and I, I don't, don't even because they don't even mention the alcoholism. Like no. they oh well, he was he did drink and now he doesn't because yeah. he, he hit Danny, but now he's fine type thing. And that was the, literally kind of and then like he obviously talks to Lloyd the like the hotel barman who's not actually there, and like you know he gets drunk type thing. But then it's like. But that seems to be, like, that's it. Oh, he's sober. No, oh, he's a drunk now again. And that's the only, that it literally goes from, like, one step to, like, the entire marathon in, yeah. in, like, a scene.
1: And my problem with it is it's a two and a half. So, okay, so I had a bit of a roller coaster with this movie of hating it. Okay. Sort of coming to appreciating it on right. my second watch, which was a while ago now. Uh-huh. Rewatching it again for this and being like, this is a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Like this is a black comedy, and I can kind of like it if I view it like that. Yeah. Because Jack, like, the performances in that film are fucking hilarious. Jack Nicholson from the beginning of the film is so over the top. He is. It's unbelievable. (laughs) The bit where he's like, hear that? He watched it on the TV. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, it's You're so like, scary This guy is unhinged Literally from the very beginning Yeah like, That's the thing That's why I also don't like it Because also and When they're in the car On the way up He
1: looks like, like the devil
0: Yeah like They're going to the Overwatch <laughs> hotel And then basically like Danny's like oh the blah, blah blah child question or whatever and he was like shut up daddy or whatever you know it was kind of like you're just a horrible person from the off there's no likeable character that descends into madness you just I mean, start off mad you know?
1: I mean Jack wasn't that likeable but he wasn't an insane human being like, no. just, like <laughs> the second he's in that car he's like that dude wants to kill his family
0: literally it's like you're not even at the hotel yet
1: <laughs> there's no pushing the whole work. the hotel was probably the same they'd be like oh shit I don't have to do anything yeah
0: yeah that, lazy
1: winter for me but
0: then that's the thing because I was, again that's why i don't feel oh, like this like really makes a lot of sense because I, my,
1: just very quickly my idea of it but, sorry i'll shut up in a second okay i just want to say one last thing about it being a comedy is where wendy is like i think we'll be just fine and then it cuts the but like oh yeah it's just him sitting there like staring into nothing and you're like this is funny right yeah yeah like like
0: the comedic cuts yeah yeah no i get it but um yeah no that I think the main reason why I didn't like it is because the whole thing of the book is that that is the hotel. It's slowly infiltrating his mind. It's making him go from like a loving father or at least like a bit of a dickhead, but a loving father to someone who wants to murder his family. But like, the film doesn't do that at all because he, he starts off as literally someone who probably wants to murder his family and, like, it doesn't seem like it's the hotel's doing at all. It's like they've just been, yeah, this is what happened when a guy who wants to murder his family moves with his family to an isolated hotel. Of course he's going to turn around and murder them all. Like, that, you know, that seems like, it doesn't, it doesn't even seem like it was trying to say anything. It's like, this. well, this what this is what happens when you do this. No. And it's like, no shit, really?
1: And that's my main problem with it is, Two and a half hours of what? What is there? Two and a half hours there for? It's just it. Someone described it as a tone poem, which I understand is probably what it is. In
0: where? In what like, way? It's
1: just this is a mood. Like, yeah. You know, have you ever listened to a song that doesn't really do a lot, but it sort of <laughs> it creates a vibe? An, yeah, it creates an <laughs> atmosphere and it like goes on for like ages. Yeah. That's what the film is. It's like it's not doing a lot. But it's creating an atmosphere for a long time that you just have to sit in. But by the same token, I don't want that. No. And...
0: Because the book's so different, the book really has themes and it's going somewhere and it's all this lead up and build up. And then you're like, oh my God, are they going to do it? Are they not? Like, what's going to happen? Is the vision going to come true? Are they going to evade it somehow? And like, yeah. Whereas, yeah, the film just sort of stuff happens very quickly from the off. And then it just continues on that kind of of, plodding route. Yeah,
1: plodding's the right word for it. He's insane from the beginning. So there's tension from the beginning, but then nothing happens till the last five minutes Mm. of the film. And then he's like, oh, I got an axe now.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> and also the fact he killed, just outright kills Mr. Halloran. <laughs> Makes me laugh so I, much. It's so dumb. Again, like, that's why like...
1: I think that film's a comedy. Like, the fact that he's like,
0: hey, get up. <laughs> Oh, he's dead. Literally, you made me watch the Simpsons episode right before we what we started recording. Tell me
1: what you got, Yeah, and,
0: and it's so funny because, like, it literally happens the way in this, it, how it works. Mr. Halloran, literally. And, and it's not like you get to, you know... Bypass all of the bit of the, the arduousness of him getting to the hotel. <laughs> no, no, that, that <laughs> that's happened. all in there. Yeah, you gotta watch him get on the plane and then miss his plane and then get on a new plane and then talk to the lady and then get the car and then go into the garage and then put the chains on the car and then like almost get run over by a snowplow. You know, like you got all of this going on and then he gets to the hotel and literally whack and he's dead. <laughs> it's just like what the fuck? Like he was a. So- Huge plot device in the book. And he literally just killed him off. And I was like, what was the point of watching him getting there if you were just immediately gonna kill him? Why? But
1: I'm sure like it's all about something and there's some deep thing Kubrick is a deep thinker. <laughs> he so have you ever heard of the documentary Room 237?
0: Yes, I've watched uh no, not the documentary, but I've watched the film version, I think. Right,
1: is that where they go through the plot uh all the conspiracy theories about the shining? No. Okay, so there's a thing called Room Two One Nineteen, okay. Two One Nine, Or whatever the version of the signing room okay. is with the old woman in it. Oh, uh,
0: 237.
1: Two, two yeah. Three seven, um I think. Yeah, so, and, like, it's about nine different theories about how this movie has all this, like, hidden thing in. Okay. Uh, One of them is about how, like, it's actually a metaphor for the genocide of American Indians. Um, really? Yeah, because... There's some food cans that have a picture of an Indian on them. Oh. Um, and so so in the book, there's something about like hidden Indians in like the children's coloring book that Danny what Oh, yeah. And it's a bit yeah. of a refrain.
0: Right. Because um, they said like that. It's the ones you don't see that are type of thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I've always thought of that as sort of like, because they're like, oh, my God, there's all this like Indian imagery. And there is. Like, if you go back and watch the film, there's like a lot of the oh, pictures on the roller, sort of like old Indian teepee art.
0: Right. And like there's Native American. Native
1: American, right, yeah, right. sorry. And there's also like pictures of Native American on the um, food cans.
0: Okay. But I always. I think I did actually notice that. I, I always thought
1: it. that was just a reference to the book where it's like, oh, yeah, you don't see the Native Americans. Yeah, And the thing, and I also thought it was uh, maybe because they keep mentioning the Donner Party in the book and the film. I always thought like because the Donner Party is this idea of a w- bunch of white people going out into nature thinking they'll be fine because they're overly cocky. Right. And then being abandoned. And there's definitely part, there's the, you know about the Donner Party, right?
0: No, I don't. They think- end
1: up eating each other.
0: Oh, um yes oh yeah because he said that in the in the in the yeah. film yeah i remember that and he was like what's a cannibal oh no, he's, he's like, oh i know what a cannibal is which like like my that.
1: favorite bit of the jack nicholson performance the st- unrestrained glee. is he wants to eat his child but he's like <laughs> he saw it on the tv yeah um anyway so, so creepy so I always just thought that was a reference to the book. And I also thought it was, in the book and the film, yeah. a theme of these white people basically going out into nature because the hotel's basically... And thinking
0: uh, they'll be okay. Be okay. Yeah, and they're actually then... tangling with something much greater than they actually yeah, yeah. think. Yeah,
1: yeah. so it's not a fucking metaphor for the genocide of American Indians. Yeah, that seems but, a bit of a stretch. And then it gets even more absurd, where it's just like, shit, like, one of it's an apology for Stanley Kubrick doing the moon landing. What? Um, because, like... <laughs> Two, three, seven is how many miles away the Earth is from the Moon, and the bit. But you uh, like, know that was
0: in the book.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh no, my... because they had different n- type names. the The number was different in the book because it was two, three, seven, and two. Oh,
0: yeah. oh! I didn't, I didn't clock
1: that. Uh, anyway, so and then it's like there's a bit where he's like, "Have you ever thought?" Jack Nicholson's going on about to Wendy. He's like, "Have you ever thought about my responsibility to my employers?" Despite the fact that's in the book. Um, yeah. and it's just not. He's like, well, it doesn't make any sense in the movie. It's like, well, no, because the poor movie's poorly written. But he <laughs> yeah. thinks it's in there because it's him talking about Stanley Kubrick faking the moon landing. But that's a very famous conspiracy theory that wow. they got Stanley Kubrick because of his attention to detail to fake the moon landing.
0: My God, um, how deep! And anyway,
1: there's nine of these very famous movie critique people yeah, talking about The Shining and talking about how it's a secretly genius movie because it's got all these insane conspiracy <laughs> secretly theories.
0: Secretly, though.
1: But <laughs> here's the thing. Secret- <laughs> I feel like that shows my problem with The Shining because you've got nine people looking at things that aren't... Do you know why it was actually 237 and not 21 whatever it is in the yeah, book? Yeah,
0: it's 217 in the book was. Yeah, 217. 237.
1: Yeah, why was that? Uh, it's not the moon landing thing. <laughs> right. It's because the hotel they were filming it in actually has a two-room... Room 217 and it doesn't have a two room two three seven. Uh. And they just didn't want it to become a tourist trap for people who wanted to stay in the room in the shining.
0: Okay. Like that's
1: fact, but the guy's like, Moon landing.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, that that seems like a massive stretch. Didn't you said there was a whole thing about the dog costume as well.
1: Oh yeah, I'll go into that in a second. Okay. But I would say this is demonstrative of what why I think um my problem with the movie is mm. is that people are coming up with these insane theories. <laughs> Because fundamentally the movie has an empty core. People cannot look yes. at it and think that Stanley Kubrick didn't make a masterpiece because I've watched a lot of his films and I do think the man's a genius. Mm. But he made an empty film that was poorly written, in yeah. my opinion, and didn't have that much going on. And people were like, that cannot be the that's, man's a genius.
0: That's not true. So there must be something a, in here. About
1: the moon landings or genocide. Yeah, that's one a... of the two well, yeah, or the other it? nine. Um, and it's
0: like, no man, just read the book.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and which again is the dog costume thing where people are like all these critics are like oh my god the man in the dog costume is so surreal it's so weird why is that there what is it saying it's like it's in the fucking book yeah
0: read the book it's why is the... this
1: your favourite movie but it literally
0: explains eat... it in, in the book yeah, yeah also
1: explains the American Indian genocide thing it's just... yeah 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 and I just think the movie's empty and shallow and it uh, takes two and a half hours. It's like, it's, yeah, it's a mood poem, but maybe do that in fucking an hour, not two and a half hours. <laughs> there's only so long I can feel tense for.
0: And then he just like that the hotel doesn't explode in the end because there was no boiler, so how could it explode? I thought that was going to happen regardless. Like, you know, they're, it's going to catch on fire yep. or something like that. Or like, there, there'll be some way that the hotel blows up or catches on fire so the evil is exercised from the, on, from the premises. No, it's... Just never explodes. It just carries well, on being there. He goes outside and freezes and that's I the end.
1: I like the idea that movies don't necessarily have to follow the books, they're adaptions, but they can be like some a leaping off point or a supplement material too, yes. And it's sort of like here's Stanley Kubrick's in his Stanley Kubrick's quite a cynical, cold filmmaker. Mm. So it makes sense that it would end in a more cold way. Literally, busy feet, <laughs> Literally. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: yeah, I'm a genius. Anyway. Um <laughs> And he's like, well, you can have the book or you can have the movie. Like, I like sometimes the idea that it's not a one-for-one adaption. Mm. But I would also say his is two and a half hours of watching a crazy person make Beast crazy. <laughs> and, like, as much... I do think the sound design in that movie is incredible, especially mm. towards the end. Like, as it slowly builds and you can hear, like, the chanting as the hotel starts yes, to go insane. yeah that's very cool, yeah. um, like and like just,
0: there are some really cool moments in the in the book. like I really like the bit where she looks at the typewriter and it's just, mm-hmm. and she's looking at it and looking at it phrases
1: stuff. it all differently and it's like <laughs> yeah. different types of and it's
0: like all over here yeah. and now it's on the left aligned and As now it's right it's like, now it's right in the middle and and yeah. you can
1: imagine he's doing that being like I'm creating art doing yeah. this like or some like. He it's thinks like, oh, he's no, writing an amazing story, but that's all he's typing. That's
0: insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought that was very cool. And I was like, oh, that's a shame that it wasn't in the book because I thought that would be really cool if that was in yeah. the book.
1: <laughs> I would argue it is. I still think the bit where he's just down there looking at milk receipts and shit yeah. is what that bit's representing. Very true. Very and true. I also, I love the bit where he's talking to Grady and he's like, your son's bringing an outside party. And it, like, there's a moment where he's like, I want to know who who's buying my drinks lloyd
0: yeah oh, yeah and then he yeah. and then like, and he's he, like don't worry about that don't worry yeah yeah, yeah. i
1: thought that was so creepy yeah That's um cool. That's and cool. i do think jack nicholson and uh shelly devoe not the kids um <laughs> their performance are amazing like yeah, jack yeah. nicholson's performance i think is a comedy it's a black comedy it's so fucking funny <laughs>
0: yeah he's so out there yeah, yeah just- you just like the definition of a crazy person. It yeah. was like, like, play a crazy person. He was like, all right, I'm in. <laughs>
1: He's so over the top. And she's so terrified. Yeah, and she,
0: she really has the kind of wild-eyed Bambi look about her.
1: You know the, you know she was horribly abused on that film set? No? Yeah. Um, was, um, By who? Stanley Kubrick.
0: Oh, he, oh, that sucks.
1: Yeah, it basically caused her to never act again. Like he would oh, no. make her do um, take over, take, I think she had to do 137 takes of one scene. What the because fuck? Because he was like, you're the one ruining it. You.
0: Oh my god.
1: You're making everyone stay here. Anyway, I was watching it, beh- and it was like, this is why Stanley Kubrick's a genius. He drove her mad to get such an amazing performance out of her. <laughs> and then I was watching it behind the scenes ed- um, documentary on The Shining, and he- she was like, oh, can we change this line and this line and this line? And she was like, I quite like attention. And Stanley Kubrick was like, this fucking woman. And I don't think he drove her mad. I do think he drove her mad. Mm. But I don't think he drove his, her mad because he's a deep genius who wanted to actually make her act like an insane woman. He's just I just Nabila. think he couldn't stand the woman and yeah. was just a bit of a bully.
2: Wow.
1: And I really, and again, that's my thing for the whole movie. People think Stanley Kubrick's a genius. so They'll find genius in...
0: What? He done because I'm not like I don't know names. I'm not a, a big like director person. Like, uh, what's what else is he? 2001:
1: A Space Odyssey. Oh, I did. That's Clo- on the
0: list.
1: <laughs> Clockwork Orange, uh, uh, okay. Doctor Strange, Love, and
0: watch that. That was on the list. That,
1: I love that movie. Yeah. That's um. Bartacus, Lolita, Eyes Wide Shut.
0: Oh, okay. So do- yeah, he obviously is very, very well established. Yeah.
1: Genius. 2001 is probably, in my opinion, one of the greatest. Is. It's just a genius film.
0: Yeah. And um, I, I love A Clockwork
1: Orange. Um, I know other people, like, have their issues with it because it's disturbing as fuck. But... Mm, I'm not
0: going to watch that one.
1: It's so good. It really Sounds is good. very
0: scary.
1: Yeah. It's not scary. It's just horrifying. Or well, fucked up. Yeah, it's very <laughs> fucked up. It made my... Uh, it broke my mum. She watched it when she was too young. I know if she ever... heard it, Like, if I'm even watching, like, anything with a woman screaming, she's like, oh my god, Ralph it off. I'm like, it's a comedy. Oh
0: my God. She's like,
1: just keep thinking about that woman raped in the uh, color Orange. And then I watched it when I was her age and I was like, classical music and he's beating people <laughs> to death. Hey.
0: Jesus Christ. It's a good film. <laughs> I will not be watching it. I watched 2001
1: though. Yeah, that film's amazing. Yeah. Slow paced, but so The Shining.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> we've done The Shining. Uh, at least but... it has themes. Yes. So that was The Shining. I feel like we we've really done a very long episode today but we've like i feel like we fully explored it we've got yeah. all the thoughts out we wanted to get out just
1: one last thing
0: okay, okay get out the last ones the
1: shinning's the best thing ever oh, the of all the adaptions <laughs> and all the versions the Shining's my favorite The
0: Simpsons
1: can't talk eating
0: <laughs> yeah if you do actually want an amazing laugh and you know the themes and you've seen the books or read, read the book or seen the film uh yeah definitely check out the simpsons the shinning it's 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 seven minutes of pure comedy oh my
1: god no give me a beer Give your family why should i kill my family uh I'd be much happier as ghosts <laughs> yeah. you don't look so happy i'm happy la dee da dee da dee da see happy give me a family and i'll give you a beer
0: <laughs> just this
1: two and a half movie just boiled down to the most pathetic exchange <laughs> it's
0: so good i love
1: it yeah me too it's one of my it's so that whole Halloween special is probably the best one Simpsons have ever done. It's probably in my top five Simpsons episodes. Like, not just the shenning it.
0: What's the whole episode called? Um,
1: Treehouse Hour 5. Oh, okay. Because they do them every year.
0: I need to definitely, um, yeah, watch that this Halloween. It also has
1: an ending bit where they're doing, like, a kind of Broadway show where they all get turned inside out. And there's a line where it's, like, um... <laughs> Something, something. The dog is chewing on Bart's large intestine. can <laughs> be Halloween because they're all inside out, so the dog's trying to eat Bart. Right. So weird and <laughs> dark and surreal. I like love <laughs> that episode beyond anything.
0: But if you want something fun slash slightly disturbing to watch, a spooky Halloween.
1: And also, you know, Willy dies at like the very beginning of the shinning. Who? Willy in the Simpsons bit. The oh yeah, Dick yeah. The yeah. yeah, gets yeah, ice yeah. in the back, and he's like, "Come on, you loony!" Ugh. Yeah. Um, then at the beginning of the next one, he dies almost instantly. And then same in the one where they're all trying to eat the kids. is like, oh, save your kids. And then like he gets stabbed in the back. He's like, oh, I'm bad at this. Always makes me laugh. I love The Simpsons. Let's just do a Still Simpsons podcast.
0: In fairness, uh, it does sound like a good fun one to do. We've got so many podcast ideas. We yeah. can't do all of them. We don't have enough time.
1: Well, when one of us becomes rich.
0: That's true. When we start making millions from this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So how are you Subscribe! Give, a, give
1: us a million pounds so I can do my Simpsons
0: podcast. So we can do a Terry Pratchett podcast and a Simpsons podcast and a Gilmore's Girls podcast. Actually, Rachel said she wanted to do a Gilmore's Girls podcast. So you we'll should... have
1: a podcast network. Right? Oh, That's it, yeah. Last we'll, podcast.
0: We'll have to spread out, yeah. yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us, everyone. This has been Journey Into The Strange. You can contact us at, at Strange on Instagram and email us at journeyintothestrange at gmail.com.
1: What are we doing next time?
0: I had some ideas. It's annoying because, like, next year we'll plan this properly because I wanted, like, a few spooky ones on the lead-up to Halloween. I know this is our spooky Halloween episode, but, like, it would be good to have, like, more content up back because then I was thinking, oh, we should do possessions. Oh, yeah. But then I was thinking, oh, but then, like, just Halloween's been and gone. But then I am actually going to a mediumship evening in November. So... I don't know. Maybe it kind of comes into that. Yeah, cool sort of possessions. Thing. Let's do it. The possessions. Okay. I mean, the whole
1: podcast is spooky. It's called yeah, Journey know, into the Strange. I know,
0: but you know what I mean. It's like They're we've the, just like, gone past yeah. like Halloween's. So I feel like we could have done more on the build up, but whatever. We'll what do oh. possessions right now. Be fine. Yeah, it's like
1: those people who love Christmas, and then when Christmas is over, then they keep like doing Christmassy shit <laughs> to try and like draw it out as long as possible. I, it's like I, I you know, know how there's fourteen days of Christmas. 14 days of Halloween, baby.
0: Yeah, we'll just keep it going. Yeah, keep yeah, it yeah. Going. I mean, it's getting darker in the evening. It's getting a bit cosy, getting a bit spooky, getting yeah. candles out.
1: I mean, Halloween isn't a time. It's a, it's a mindset. Yeah. Anyway,
0: <laughs> don't stop. Believe s- it, wait, no. no. Don't stop. strange we'll, we'll nail this out at some point in time. Living in a lonely world. <laughs> Nailed it. Bye. Bye.